Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, a DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hey, what's up, people? I'm also here today, and he's excited because he gets to return to his favourite book of all time. Connor's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. You did it to yourself. He did, he did. I mean, that's not entirely accurate. <laughs> Do you know what's funny, actually? So, I was talking about comic books, we're going to talk about DC Comics from this week. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we have Batman number 24, Superman 24, Nightwing 22, Green Arrow 24, Green Lanterns 24. We actually all read Justice League 22. More on that when we get to it, why we read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we've not been usually reading that. Um, Wonder Woman Steve Trevor Special Issue 1. Uh, so it's a one-shot came out this week. Uh, Deathstroke number 20. The Fallen Rise of Captain Atom number 6, which is the finale of that miniseries. And then at the end, the return of one of our favourite segments. Connor's Corner has returned thanks to Patreon. Someone has paid David Short in specific to make Connor read... Red Hood, specifically issue seven, which is the one that he left off on. I've actually written down number one because I, I was getting, I was like, no, nah, he's going to reread everything. No, issue seven. Um, what's funny? He did comment on last week's show, and he kind of gave you a claw, like a way out, Connor. And oh, God I, damn it! Why the hell did you not tell me this? And I because it wouldn't I, be as fun if he did. No, Connor, Connor the, the way out was only applicable after this issue. It wouldn't have affected you reading this issue. And I didn't like this comment at first because it was like, oh no, you're giving him a way out. Don't, don't do this. No, 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 no. Be strong. Be strict. Uh, and it basically says, you know, he really believes that Red Hood gets better after the first arc. And if you don't believe so, he will change what he's making you read. But then the second half of the comment said, but there's much worse than Red Hood you could be reading, so pick wisely. Uh, <laughs> look, I want to just... Look, I, I, I put it off till last because, obviously... And I really didn't want to do this, and I was like, "Damn you, David! Why are you doing this to me?" And he's drinking booze, notice. As I, well. I, I got <laughs> I got a beer for the first time. In, I mean, I, I, it's rare I drink beers, and I was like, "God damn it! I'm gonna have to get one." <laughs> Driving so a drink. Oh, it's so good. But anyway, that's what's coming up on this week's show. So, uh, was there was any news this week? Was there? I didn't write anything down. Nothing oh, comics related. Really? Obviously, Adam West passed away. We just found that out earlier today, uh, but nothing yeah. specific comics. Sad news, chum. It's sad. I'm I'm not a fan of uh, that era of Batman, but yeah, sad all the same. No, but I mean, Adam West just as a character uh, from from Family Guy yeah. near Adam West, yeah. and he fully embraced that. And I guess a lot of those jokes were his idea, like him marrying his hand and whatnot. Like it's just the dude had a sense of humor that went beyond. The kitschy '60s Batman stuff. Yeah, he, have either so. of you watched the the, uh, the Return of the Cape Crusader yet from last no. year? Nah, because obviously no, there was supposed we're... to be a sequel one to that, and I don't know if he recorded any of that or all of it mm. or none of it. Yeah, my, my, yeah, Matt was saying earlier he had, he had like scheduled appearances over the next couple of months at cons. And yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you also have to take the the dude was 88 years old and he was still doing con appearances. With Burt Ward. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing. You obviously it's sad, but eighty-eight's not a bad, a bad run. No, I mean, uh, if, if Stan Lee's doing it when he's dust, I mean, like Stan, Stan, Stan Lee is like. I mean, what you just he's at the same. What's that? What you just Stan Lee? He's like ninety-five or something like that now, is he not? Yeah, he's <laughs> 94, 95. He he's been at every con that we've had in my hometown uh, since the beginning, 
And so, yeah, I just I expect one day for someone to pull his suspenders and that's it. You know, but I never expected that with with um, Batman, with Adam West. Yeah, so, it was. It, it kind of came out of nowhere because there wasn't any anything leading up to it. Like I said, yeah. he, he's been at loads of cons. He was scheduled. Yeah. There was no news of ill health. It was just, you know, that this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously, obviously, he's always, like, as you guys said, he always seemed to have a sense of humor. He always seemed very pleasant whenever he was on camera in like an interview capacity or anything like that. He, he never seemed like he was a grumpy old man who. Who regretted that he was only known for really one thing? Because <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot it, of actors it, get quite grumpy about that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it really was Family Guy that kind of gave him that second lease of a, yeah. of a career at the end there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's nah, so, a shame. So, rest in peace, Adam West. But, uh, oh, uh, how was our how week, though? Uh, I mean, I had to read Red Hood, so awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's been hanging over me all week. So it's, it's funny because obviously we, yeah, we were really busy with TV and it's still a little bit busy and it's calming down the next couple of weeks but we had a little bit more time this week and I'm really glad that we are doing more movies, like more old movies. I've actually been enjoying getting wow. back to doing I mean, some. It hasn't been that many old movies. <laughs> okay, they're not that old now because we're building to new movies coming out so it's just like it's the prequels to the sequels yeah, that are only a few years it's old. It's basically but... just been Spider-Man and Planet of the Apes for the last few weeks. Sure, sure but... It's been a while since I've watched all those, especially the Apes movies, which I, I was enjoying revisiting. So, yeah. uh, I've been enjoying that. E3 this weekend. I'm looking forward to E3. Yeah, it starts tonight. Yeah, I'm actually... I, I've not been in a big gaming mood for the last like five or six months. I've been kind of out of the loop on that. I'm hoping E3 rekindles my excitement. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing for them to, to go, right, here's what you've got coming on the Switch. <laughs> Legitimately luck. excited good, for that. Good moment. luck with well, that. I'm more excited for that than the Sony conference at the minute, which is kind of crazy. I'm sorry, did they not just have a Pokemon thing where they came out and said, you're not getting Pokemon on Switch, you're getting Pokemon Tournament on Switch, but you're not getting Pokemon on Switch. Okay, I'm excited for that. That looks like a great fighting game. It's fighting Pokemon. What's not to love? Vigia games. Aye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. I just it's E three weekend. You have to put up with that a little bit. When I mean, it comes to I, I mean, I mean, I guess Ugh. I'll probably play Injustice two at some point just to kind of keep it on on theme. I actually watched the uh, watched someone play through all that. I was curious because I, I don't like fighting games, so I just wanted to see what the the story was. Yeah, I, I don't like that much. I I, pl- I played the first one when it got really cheap because mm. I just I wanted to play it, the story. Uh, and it, was, oh, it, was, oh, it was all right. Obviously, Injustice is kind of this weird thing. The first one was about like obviously you had multiple Earths and one Earth. Joker made Superman accidentally kill Lois, and it made him turn all evil and that. But the first game had like you know good Superman as well from the regular Earth, like the, yeah. in the regular Justice League, we're all involved. The second game is all set in this alternate Earth where Superman went evil, and he's like he's in Kryptonite prison kind of thing. Um, but there's a lot of weird things that have happened, like an offshoot. Uh, Harley's place in that world is kind of interesting. She's working for Batman. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually there's some quite heartwarming moments where she like kind of sticks up for Batman's ideals, and it kind of. Kind of took me about. Like, oh, that's hardly. It's it's interesting. Obviously, I know Matt's there grinding his teeth. It's like oh, evil Superman, and I get that. But it's I, I overlook it because it was the premise for a game, not 
this is the first big movie with oh, Superman. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it's an excuse in the game to have each of the heroes fighting each other. It, that's yeah. all it is. It, and they did it for what it is. They turned it into a pretty decent little story. It, but the yeah. the idea came from no, no. We need to have them fighting each other because it's a fighting game. <laughs> I know. I, I had this argument with a friend when when the second game came out, and I just. Well, you should go back and read the comics, so they're good. And I'm like, I'm not interested in comics with an evil Superman. Yeah, no, I'm just that, not. That is fair. I'm not particularly you know? either. That said, the second game has Supergirl who like arrives, and she eventually kind of like she she's with Superman at first because that's it, my cousin, and I'm on Earth now. But when she sees what he's turned the, the symbol of the House of L into, mm-hmm. she kind of becomes more of a hero. Uh, yeah. And uh, in, in that game, so. Uh, that's an interesting plot. As a as a as a Elseworld, as a something that's completely separate. It's yeah, interesting but enough. Mark yeah. Wade had a whole uh, I forget. I think maybe it was through Boom had a whole series about that called mm. uh, Irredeemable uh, about mm. a Superman figure, and then the villain uh, had his own called Incorruptible, which was about how was they were going to rise up. Was so, that through Boom or was that through his own? You know that website one. I can't remember. I have the first trade of Irredeemable. Right. So I want to say maybe maybe it was through his site at first, and then when they yeah, put out a yeah, trade, yeah. it was through Boom. But uh, yeah, my my shop guy gave it to me a couple free comic book days ago. As like here, you'll like this. Um, but yeah, so, so so there are versions that can be. I just I like Big Blue to be that beacon of hope and trust and and things. You know, I don't even like a, the idea of an evil Batman. You know, so. Yeah. No, it doesn't piss me off though when it's clearly an Elseworld thing. Like it's one thing well, yeah. to do it in the same continuity. Yeah, or... it's, it's, it's only when they pretend no, this is what Superman's meant to be like that yeah. it annoys you. Exactly, and once it starts bleeding into the, the the comics, and because you have to give Superman an edge, that's where I start throwing things. Yeah, or the first shared movie universe. That's when that's when we have problems. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he's not meant to be morally uh, ambiguous. He's meant to be because that's one of the things is like. Sure, okay, if you want to do your different weird edgy take on a character, I can almost let that go and just be like, whatever. But I don't want that weird edgy take of the character to be the one that's in the shared universe with the other characters that are supposed to be, yeah. you know. I mean, that, that's something else that happened this week. Wonder Woman, we obviously we mentioned last week that we'd seen mm-hmm. it, but we weren't giving anything out away. But the review's up now. Oh, it is, yeah. Even the audio folk, I put it up on the audio feed for the, the podcast, so you can check that out. Matt's going to deal with a dog. Um... <laughs> But, but, but we yeah. liked it, if, if you haven't checked it out for whatever we reason. We really liked it a should. lot. Yeah. It's exciting. It's, it's, it, was, uh, it was a pleasant surprise. We liked a DC movie. <laughs> it's been a while since I've said that. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the last time you said that was probably what? Dark Knight Rises. Sounds about right. I mean, I didn't hate Man of Steel when it came out. No, I mean, I, I stand by Man of Steel as a decent movie. It's just a bad Superman movie. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, yeah. Oof, those last two, though. <laughs> rough, rough stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd move on to the books, though, but I'm going to wait till Matt gets back. Yeah, yeah, we're just so, killing time now. We are literally just killing time now. Um, so, what what are you, <laughs> you looking forward to this summer? I mean, are you asking in general movies? Oh, yeah, let's, let's go with uh, let's go with movies. Let's, let's, uh, movies. What, movies. What uh, okay, I'm gonna kind of stay on topic to what we were talking about earlier, but War of the Planet of the Apes. I'm ah, very yes, excited yes. for that. That that and Baby Driver. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to Baby Driver. I got, I got the the Baby Driver trailer when I went to see uh, the Mummy 
yesterday. And Mummy's atrocious, by the way. Don't waste your time. Uh, <laughs> I like how when it was Wonder Woman, we were playing at Koi, you know, go check out the review. Well, well, I mean, yeah, sure. Me and Matt will have the review of Mummy up uh, sometime on Sunday evening. Uh, but no, no even attempt to hide your thoughts. But no, that's, that's no point. At least, because Wonder Woman, like, the audience for this show have a, you know, a bit of an interest in what we probably think of that movie, whereas they may not give a shit of what we think of the Mummy. Um, fair. But it sucked. That's a so, shame. I mean, not that the trailers were particularly promising, but I was hoping maybe just misleading trailers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping that as well. Obviously, the reviews came out and it was pretty dire looking. I went in kind of apathetic, and I just kind of, and it, it wasn't terrible at first. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a complete turd all the way. I, I want to make that clear. It was just thoroughly mediocre, and lacked. Some, sometimes that's worse, isn't it? Yeah. So, I probably won't bother seeing that then. But yeah, Apes and Baby Driver are the ones that I'm really excited for. Yeah. I got Dunkirk as well. A bit of Nolan that never goes amiss. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Matt's back, so we can stop killing time and go into the books. <laughs> Was the dog settled, Matt? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> for, for, for the audio folks, we just lost Matt there. Yeah, there we, we're back. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, we someone knocking at the door, and my wife didn't want to answer the door. Instead of telling him to go away, she let the dogs bark. So I had to go and... Go see what the hell's going on, and then I was told to be quiet. We so <laughs> we we legitimately just killed about five minutes. Wait, wait, are you coming back gotcha. for that All story? All right. right, let's talk about books then. Let's talk about some comics. The Batman number twenty-four is going to kick off the show. Tom King writing, uh, David Flinch and Clay Mann on art, and this is a sort of standalone kind of epilogue issue, kind of like how Rooftops was a kind of an epilogue two-parter to the last big arc. This is an epilogue to the I Am Bane, and kind of the button as well. I think it neatly also kind of ties into that in an emotional way. And, uh, yeah, so, unfortunately, I had the ending of this spoiled for me because news websites and comic websites basically didn't even do a good job of hiding it on Monday when they broke the news, and then by a few hours later, they just started blatantly putting it in the headlines what it was. So, unfortunately, the ending of this, I knew going in, which is a shame. I was too busy to to check news websites at the start of the week, so I didn't see a thing, and it was it was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, I, I didn't even check them. It was just Twitter. It was literally just. Oh, I was too busy to look at Twitter. Can't. Yeah. So, time do you think we have in our hands? <laughs> well, I just I unless someone tags me on Twitter, I tend to stay off of it, um, just because of stuff like this. Because people can't help themselves anymore, and I don't know why you need to put that in the headline. You could have just said, you know, the ending. Look, clearly they, they tried that and then <clears throat> it didn't get them any clicks. So they went, screw it. Let's oh. just go all out. Well, some of them tried that and then CBR, oh. yeah, I'm calling them out. Just <laughs> tweet, tweet it out. Just tweet it out, the ending. And obviously, you know, we're talking about the book now. So spoilers for the books as we talk about them, obviously. But yeah, so Batman proposed to one. Uh, I was going to say Wonder Woman. <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman proposed Swear. to Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Vince Russo swear right there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and that it makes no goddamn sense? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the gist of this issue is basically it's Gotham Girl and Batman having a chat during the day uh, up in the skies. 
and especially her sort of reflecting on what she just went through and she doesn't know what she wants to do with herself now and it gets kind of self-reflective for Batman kind of the experiences went through in the button by meeting his father because there's one moment where a Gotham girl even says would your parents want this for you this life and what you do and it's like, oh that, that's very neatly and, and it's, it's like this conversation combined with that experience of seeing his father Flashpoint Batman clearly is what kind of has put all this in his head all this this, this motivation here and uh, and we see as he's talking to her that what happens that night is, you know, Catwoman's getting ready and the, the, it cuts between them as the conversation in the day takes place. Um, and it all kind of builds up to... The, the gist of the conversation is, yeah, but is this what you want? Is there nothing you just want to be happy? Not about what you need, not about what you think Batman is or should be, just something that you want for yourself. Um, and all, it all basically builds up to him getting down on the knee. And uh, proposing to Catwoman at the end, and of course we're not going to find out the answer for like three months because we've got a big flashback story that's taken over like seven or eight four issues. Four months. Uh, War jokes and riddles is an eight-part epic, as said by the ads in this one. That, so that said, I did see some of Janin's uh, Catwoman Art? from this. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and it's yeah. the original sort of style Catwoman suit with the ears and the sort of the you know not the goggles, purple. the classic, the purple suit. Yeah. Uh, and it looks great. Yeah. Admittedly, the artwork so, didn't have colouring yet, but you could tell it was going to be purple because that's what it says. So, we all know my relationship with Batman, especially this main series. Love-hate. Uh, what? Love-hate. It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I've been really critical of the, the cat and bat issues because there's some stuff that just drive me up the wall that I think King had done because it's clever and not necessarily in the voices of the character and the whole introduction of Catwoman here going back with, you know, I am suicide. Um, but that said, everything paid off right here. This is issue 24. It's been a full year, right? It's been really like two years with a story yeah. and there's been a nice build and everything that's happened pays off in this issue. They talk about a lot of the things he went through. I mean, like Monster Men and stuff get skimmed over, but the the I am, you know, series. trilogy. Yeah, the I am yeah. trilogy yeah. of stories. Yeah, you know, it all builds in with those little interstitials of like rooftops, and we've seen them bring back Kite Man, and use him as a kind of a punchline. This is the type of storytelling I like in comics, That's and I might great. not agree with a lot of of what he has done with some of the characters. Like I still, I am Suicide still brings me to a boil when I think about it. Um, but if it was all to get to this point and this issue, which I think is my favorite issue of Batman thus far. Yeah, um, I obviously I think we both, me and Connor both like rooftops a lot, so we we've been a lot more into mm-hmm. this Batman and Catwoman yeah. stuff. <laughs> no, admittedly, I do think the Bat and Cat dialogue, you know, when they just say Bat and Cat's a little bit weird at times, but um, I, I think it is weird. But it kind of it's or, or it's I did at first. It's starting to grow on me because I'm kind of reading it as their being well, very playful about it like yeah. they're kind of joking at each other's expense but, when they say it but here now that we've seen the batman's learn from his fight with bane and we've seen him learn from seeing thomas he's learned to be a little bit lighter almost yeah. and now it fits i felt like when he was in that dark mode after gotham the the character uh, gotham girl's brother after what had happened with him and some of the other things at this point and like Thinking that Catwoman had killed all those people, and really it wasn't her. She was taking the rap for Holly, right? That was the yeah. point of that story. You know, it didn't seem to ring true, but here now, as this guy, he's been changed through the I Am 
from I am Gotham to I am Suicide to I am Bane to now this. And it makes sense in the button even. And I like that character development because you don't get that too much with Batman anymore. With, with Batman, he's very much – this is just who he is. And, you know, he's on this mission and he's a, the Cape Crusader. But King actually is taking that time to develop and yeah, I appreciate it, that. Because yeah. he, he talks about his mission here. He talks about how he secretly is kind of doing it to make him happy. I mean, that's not all the way because he even says, like, I'm not Batman because I want to be Batman. I'm Batman because I'm Batman. Yep. Like it's, it's who he Those is. Those are the exact words. Yeah. Uh, I'm not Batman because I like being Batman. I'm Batman because I'm Batman. <laughs> and like you could take that as a joke, but in the context of talking with Gotham Girl. Yeah. And like they're on this radio tower in the sunlight, which I thought like with the art here, it's gorgeous. You have the two di- yeah. Yeah. You have the two different because you have Finch doing the Catwoman stuff, and then you have is it Man? Yeah. Doing, doing the daytime stuff, and it creates this compliment. That's super cool. I really like that bit, you know, where he says, oh, I am just Batman. And mm-hmm. it pays off really nicely after the, the Wonder Woman annual. Yeah. Because obviously that was that whole yeah, thing there. Your name. Was, yeah, that's, that's just who he is. And it kind well, of yeah. got its feedback into this still. Yeah, no, yeah. So that's a good point. I, I just want to take this to take back things I've said about Tom King, maybe <laughs> in the past. How he didn't quite understand Batman. He was playing the long and game, I, Matt. Playing the long game. Uh, and, I, and of course I get that, but, but <laughs> here, with the because I'm Batman, and it's not because Batman, but it's it's like Connor just said, he was holding the rope of truth, or the lasso of truth, in that annual, and Superman gives his both of his birth names of Clark Kent and Kal-El, and he's, I'm Batman. Because <laughs> that's who he is in his truth, so... You know, and King I, gets that, and I think, I think the one or the Wonder Woman. I just said what Pete did. The Catwoman. <laughs> this Wonder Woman talk. At least this time uh, we, I, we were talking about Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, I, I think the relationship will will grow because I just feel like this might be heartbreaking because the whole crux of that relationship is I run and you chase, and I feel like the worst thing King can do. Is to break Batman's heart and make him make her say no, and he still chases. Well, this this you know? is one of my little concerns going forward. We know, I mean, I don't know if it still stands. We know during the New Fifty Two that they had that whole no marriage thing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. obviously we, it doesn't stand as much because we've got Clark and Lois back. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder if if they're going to actually let him go forward with this, or if it is just for the sake of well, tragedy. It, it, it depends. Like that, that's assuming he even plans to have them married anyway. Like we don't well, know yeah. where the intention of the story leading us right now. But I think I think for me, I want to see it go down that route rather than just be tragedy. I mean, I, I would I'd be interested too. But if if King's story right now is if his plan is for her to say no, or if her plan is if his plan is for her to say yes, but then back out of the altar if his plan is to like whatever his plan is i'll trust yeah. that that's what his story is unless i hear yeah. that you know that the company stepped in and said no 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 marriages oh, but, oh yeah, yeah yeah it might be but, a case of he decides that but either yeah. way i still a little bit of me will be disappointed because i feel like just for I tragedy's think, sake will be a little underwhelming i think dc's learned from putting those restrictors on creatives overall uh it doesn't mean for the best storytelling because now we have full-on characters, and they're not just the, you know, two-dimensional characters that we got in the New 52. Like, think about all the stuff we've read in Nightwing with him and Sean. Like, that's a full-on, well-developed relationship that's murky and complicated. 
Yeah. Uh, he really, as much as I love the Grayson series, he really never had that in Grayson, and he never really had it in Nightwing. You know, he was just Dick Grayson Nightwing throughout. Or... Well, yeah, that's, especially in Grayson, it was very superficial of, no, he's got a, it, it kind of worked because yeah. he was an act of playing the spy. So yeah, kind but he of was still kind of, but... but he was still kind of two-dimensional, whereas yeah. he's, you know, cracking jokes and being funny. It's not like, I don't say deep meaning because there's some good stuff in there, but like here, this feels like it is for keeps with Batman and Catwoman. And there will be ramifications going forward with the future of the character. I feel based on this yeah, point. Yeah, regardless yeah. if it is marriage or if it is heartbreak, there'll be yeah. fallout from it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I and outside of the owls and some of this other stuff in Snyder's Run, which kind of gets washed over, as much as I like the majority of that, you know, there's not really, it doesn't have that, I don't want to say flashpoint because it's a bit gimmicky, but it doesn't have these crux moments that are fully changing of the character. They go, oh yeah, this was Batman up until he proposed to Catwoman. And then there's, you know, because you have that with Superman at different points, you know, you have the electric blue, which we still talk about and him marrying Lois and the death of Superman. Yeah. You know, there's all these moments. There's a pre-John Superman, there's a post-John Superman. Exactly. And so we get that there and it would be nice to, for them to go back there. I always felt that was Jeff Johns' strength as a writer. It's like when you're reading Wally West Flash, he has those character moments in there and it's pre this, you know, pre Zoom, post Zoom, and they yeah, kind of pre- got away from that in the new Fifty Two. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, no, I, I, I mean, this, uh, I love the issue. I, I thought the daytime stuff in particular looked fantastic. Everything with them standing yeah. on, like Batman's on this radio tower, Gotham girls flying around. I love the conversation at the start where she's like, you know, you could fly. Like, I mean, I know you're Batman, but like, we live in a world with magic and science fiction. Like, you could find a way to give yourself powers. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, I don't, I don't need powers. <laughs> like, I, yeah. you know, it's I, not who he is. Yeah, it's just like I, I like this examination of the character, especially since it comes so, from her trying to figure out who she is and what she wants, and she's almost just wanting him to tell her what she wants, and she ultimately comes to the decision that she is like. She, she ultimately, when, when he, he poses the question, do you want to be a hero? And they have the debate, like, uh, just as putting on a costume a hero. Like, no, that doesn't make you the hero, but most people who put the costume on want to be a hero. That's what they're trying to do. Um, and it, and it's not the powers either, because the more she uses her powers, the more it's going to kill her. Well, yeah, right? but I, I think just the, the idea that she says, what you did for me, I can't mm-hmm. not do that for other people now. Like the right. the, the right. idea that superheroes are inspiring and that she's inspired to, but like right. she, she always looked up to her brother before, and her brother wanted these things, so she kind of tried to just just mimic him. Exactly. But now, now and, she has. And when you look at, yeah. I was gonna say now she has her own inspiration. She has her own reason to feel compelled. I mean, she still wants other things. She still talks about having normal parts of her life, and that's why she mm-hmm. sort of like opens that up in Batman, where Batman ultimately makes his decision that he does at the end of the issue, but. Um, I, I think the, I think the conversation works very well for both characters, uh, and it's really nice that a new character like Gotham Girl can do this with Batman. And both of them, he's a, you know a much further down the road character, obviously, than she is. But they both develop yeah. from this conversation. Uh, yeah. So it's it's about that inspiration there, and she's happy now. Like she's not that mess, and it wasn't just because of the psycho pirate, but it's because of Batman's care, and like telling her we're going to get through this, and then they get through it. Like he followed through on what he said and i think that also is what makes batman batman yeah you know 
he even ties into the end of the I Am Bane with those uh, sort of mm-hmm. the mother sequences where he says like I'm, yep. I don't do this because of some weird quest of vengeance I do this because I have to help people right I mean that says part of me is wondering like does does he have like a, a death wish because obviously we, we kind of question that with you know the way he challenged Bane and all that and but there's stuff in this that makes me question it as well where he he accepts that he can't stop being Batman because it's who right. he is but at the same time we've seen he wants to have a legacy he doesn't want to have to do this but he has mm-hmm. to so maybe it's and and to go back to Snyder's stuff here yeah, we, we talked about how a lot of that was brushed over that final arc was kind of even when he was alive even when he'd forgotten all of his memories he was still somewhere in there he had to be Batman but and, well, he was kind still of the helping idea... people right. in that but he wasn't like yeah you know but he was Batman in a different way yeah, but ultimately it's the idea that maybe death is probably the only way he can stop. Right. So maybe, maybe in some way that's what he wants. Don't forget, too, that this started with him saying this would be a good death on the plane, right? And he's and he's staring it down, and he's accepting that this will be his fate. And then at the end of the Gotham story, I Am Gotham, there's that like jump to the future about how Gotham Girl was the one that brought the end of Batman. And we all thought that was kind of a sinister, but if this is what it means, like, he's finally learning he can settle down and there are others he can count on, you know, like Gotham mm. girl and Nightwing and Lark and Damien. Like he <laughs> doesn't have to be just throw Lark in there with the rest of them. Well, I did that because he, <laughs> the reason I did that is because we always forget about Duke and because no one kind of uses him. I'm lot. not going to lie. Like, I saw a, a preview page of the, the, the dark Knight. I think it was forge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was in the, the you know the preview pages that are all online, and it has uh, Duke as Lark in it, and it cracked me up. Yeah. Well, Snyder's really the only one that's doing anything with him. Yeah. You know that's his character, but I only bring that up because he was in that I Am Gotham arc, and he's the one that. Yeah, that he had this relationship with Gotham, Gotham Girl. Yeah, which is and not so, done. Like it's implying that they're going to be a, a thing in the future going right, forward. Right. So, so I just I, I feel that was kind of keen tipping his hand that this could happen and he could have changed his mind halfway through by now and that's all just a red herring but i like where this is going like for the first time i'm enjoying both bat books um i i think it's indicative of maybe how long a game he's playing like as much as we said oh he's got these three i am arcs planned out and that's you know that's a lot of issues and yeah that, that was just the first year though yeah. Ultimately. Um, but that, that that issue at the end of the first arc with Gotham Girl from the future talking about stuff, it feels like he is playing a really long game. He's got he's got a full yep. run planned out. He's got a full yeah. mapped out. I, I mean, mean, even the title of this issue, every epilogue is a prelude. Mm-hmm. Like this this issue, yeah, it's it's a wrap up this. of his first year, but it's here's what we've still got to come. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and yeah, oh man, good stuff. So my, my my one legitimate complaint with this issue is that the bat is small. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's you know most of the time I, I accept it. It's it's whatever. But it's the the panel where it's you know the 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 Dark Knight returns swinging through with the lightning with the two of them there. But his ears are basically non-existent on that one, and it really bothered me on that panel. You guys think that's a little bit of of Warner's kind of pushing the the Batfleck look. They kind of knew that they they messed up by making the ears not as big. So, he kind of worked out with the art a little bit. Let, uh, let the artist. Maybe I don't feel like they actually pushed that much synergy. I mean, other than like the odd bit here and there, 
which is again this is a weird week to say that actually because there is some synergy this week uh-huh. but mm-hmm. typically they don't push it that hard so right. and i feel like the, the rest of the costume so different i mean like look, look at this purple and yellow all over it still whereas yeah. uh, so i feel like they'd, they'd complain about those before they they talked about the ears oh yeah. Just to reiterate, the daytime stuff is beautiful. I love how it plays with the highlights uh, on the edges mm. of things and all yeah. that kind of thing. It really feels like they're standing in front of the sun. Um, which is, again, I think it's an interesting setting for us. Because obviously, Batman and Catwoman, they typically meet at night because they're creatures at the night. But this conversation right. that's changing his perspective, that's making him think a bit differently, well, is happening during the day. It's, it's Batman in broad it, daylight uh, in the I harsh sunlight. It's interesting as well, like Gotham Girl, like it, it's similar that she's a Superman style in terms, you know, flight strength. Mm-hmm. And I think it's notable that, that she's the, the future, perhaps, of, of what he wants for the city. And, yeah. you know, that's in the daytime. It's it's literally Batman in a new light. Like... Yeah. Hmm. Very good. <laughs> um, but no, uh, very, very good. And also, just to wrap up, I like the stuff at the end, but they, they bring back the alternate origins of how they met. Yep. Uh, yeah. And Bruce is like, yeah, that ring you stole, that jewel, I, I I bought it because I knew I'd need it one day. And that's what he proposes with. So yeah. he's he, a romantic at He heart. didn't keep it. Yeah, he, he returned it just to go back to buy it. Like, that's great. Yeah, also the fact that the bat signal's in the sky when he proposes is just... It may be too on the nose, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's this whole idea sometimes, that it, it just it, that that isn't important right now. Right. Well, sometimes that's that's you know what drives the point home even more. Like that is just Batman. The he's always needed, but they can wait. Like Connor just said. Yeah. And it goes back to I think it was during the you know the the button where it was right at the end where the signal was there and he contemplated whether or not. To, to go and answer yeah. it yeah and here he makes the he's, he's clear he's making the choice like no this this is the moment even, that, that can wait even even a batman beyond where terry ignores it and bad stuff happens you know there's a lot of that going on right now which makes me wonder what bad stuff's going to happen that makes him recommitted to being the batman yeah well yeah uh, yeah all right it's not thinking about that That'll take us on is Superman number 24, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Patrick Gleason also doing some art along with Doug Mankey. Um, so this is the next part of the Black Dawn arc. Obviously, we were very critical of the last issue. Uh, this one is an improvement, I'm happy to say. Some of the yep. overall effects of some of the complaints from the last one still kind of linger a little bit. Namely, the uh, the build-up to the reveal of, you know, Cobb and uh, right. the daughter. Like, as much Nothing. as that... I, I like that they turn out to be not bad people, and I can actually see. Uh, what's her name? What's the, what's the girl's name again? Kathy. Kathy, thank Kathy. you. Kathy. Uh, I, I can see her actually sticking around now. Uh, mm-hmm. so given that they're actually making her someone who is actually sympathetic, and given that she's now an alien who is kind of stranded, it kind of makes her relatable to uh, John and Clark. It's, it's a nice. Whereas, little... yeah. Yeah. Where, so, where John's half human. Yeah. Right? And was born there. This is your her, his kind of. In key, keeping the Superman mythos. Also, she looks a bit like a brainiac to me. Yeah, I can like, see it. Well, but, she looks Kaluan. Because we, we see uh, Manchester Black kind of kind of strong arms him into sort of joining him by like he comes in and like saves him from this disaster yeah. uh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and then it's like I saved you, so you've got to. Yeah, and that's how they roped him in, and we can see see right away that there's already some dissent where Cobb's kind of reconsidering. 
you know them helping him mm-hmm. and that kind of thing um but so, some of the as much as I'm I'm liking kind of what they're taking with this now I as some of the, the overall effect of how they kind of built up to the reveal I feel like maybe they could have spent more time seeding some of this stuff it feels all a little bit kind of thrust upon us now in yeah. these last yeah. couple issues um, but it's, it's only spent on the last issue uh, the, the, you know the, the art layout issues we had last you know last time uh, aren't really here in this one. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, there's no ridiculous shock moment of Lois getting a leg cut off, which is also lovely. Yeah. Um, she is in the hospital. She is in the hospital. Let me see her. Yeah. Um, we, we can't see her legs. So I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> you know? I am positive we'll fix it. I, I mean, I do actually like the pages of uh, Superman leaving. He's yeah. like, you have to go. John needs you. Everyone needs you. And he stands sort of in front of the window. It's just the sort of the, the orange glow of the blinds coming through the blinds yeah. from the... The, the dawn, or not even dawn, dusk light. Uh, then you have the great shot of her looking out the window as after he flies off. Yeah. Um, so John actually shows up, and then Manchester Black basically, in his cocky manner, just kind of comes out and he's like, Yep, yeah, me, mate. I, I forgot how much I hated Manchester. Yeah, I, I forgot how much I hated this character. And not, not like I want him off, the, and I don't like when he's used. He is just, he's one of those characters, like. He's written to be know. hated. Exactly. He, he's yeah, so he's basically just John Constantine, but like, evil with, with telekinesis. He's, yeah, sure. He's got he's got a power, but like, yeah. just his attitude reminds me of him, and it's everything I don't like Brit- about John Constantine. Well, it's, it's Brit- the British dick. A British dick. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, that's Connor. The means. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the whole ends justify the means, kind of with him, and he's kind of been. Not corrupting, because you know, but he's trying to pervert, I guess, John, and turn him into that type of superhero where the ends justify the means, and yeah. he can get to him. He couldn't get through to, to Superman because Superman was already set, but he can get through him. And I'm still not exactly sure how he's doing that. Like, what is that stuff that he's using to control John? Like, it's from the swamp. Did he bring it with him from? Oh, the- it's the uh, it's the black goo from a uh, Alien Covenant in Prometheus. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That actually make that more. That that actually make covenant. I, I do like the the theme here of you know the, the the corrupting youth. Because mm. that that's what it is. It's like no no your your formed your ideals are already set. Yep. We can't do anything with that. But the youth, we can yep. shape that. We can well, change that. And he, and he keeps saying this cycles back around to the beginning of, of the show that Superman needs an edge. And he's saying like, well, no, he he doesn't. You know, Manchester Black is all edge. He's not a hero. Yeah. You know, Superman's fine. He's gotten by this far. You know, he doesn't need that edge. And I feel it's almost a meta commentary, especially with, with what's going on with, you know, the Justice League movie and Wonder Woman's all been in the front of our Yeah, brain. I'd, I'd expect that to play in hard to the, the final issue of this arc, you know, when mm-hmm. when it all comes to a head and they stand up and it's like, yeah, and we don't need that. Yeah, and Superman yeah. wins kind of thing. And yeah. maybe even yeah. John kind of overcomes what's going on. Um, it's actually a very simple issue. Manchester Black shows up, Superman tries to fight him, it doesn't go so crypto jumps in at one point. Um, Cobb, Sick him. Cobb tries to actually help and he, he gets apparently killed, leaving Kathy on her own, which is why I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll look after Kathy now. Maybe she'll become like a... Uh... <laughs> Batman! Batman takes in orphans. <laughs> <laughs> maybe hey, Batman's around. Maybe John yeah. and Kathy can get some of that Flash TV kind of weird. We're kind of brother-sister, but we really want to have sex yeah. too. 
kind of thing going with her. <laughs> when they're about, I, 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 well, when they're old, I don't mean now. I, I, but yeah, like when they're older, they're going to, and it's going to be I a bit creepy. Like she, be, being uh, green skinned, she could go off with with Frankenstein and and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh yeah, the shade thing. <laughs> just pretend yeah. she's their kid. Uh, that, 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 yeah, exactly. That, that'd work. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, so Superman breaks free everyone else at the end, but then Manchester Black struggles and takes over John's mind and turns him into Superman or Superboy Black, which is kind of the big cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, so we've got a team of Mon, the, the previous, you know, the elite with Superboy Black, and that's who they're going yeah. to fight. I assume the uh, sure. next issue is the finale, but I could be wrong. Yeah. You know, Damien's going to tee off on John, and I'm not even going to be mad. Uh, yeah. Because he doesn't have to deserve it. Back. Yeah, like he's he's controlled. He can take a beating. He'll be fine. But they brought back up the you know when when Batman first showed up, and we had the first interaction between John and and Damien. Uh, that you know John could end up being more powerful than Superman, and Manchester Black brings that back up. So yeah, you know, interested to see where it goes. Yeah, and what one art complaint the the second to last page. You know the it's the panel where it's Superman. You have yeah the the Frankenstein's and yeah. Batman and Robin behind him. Superman looks awful like the the chest. Yeah, it's it's just bad. Yeah, he's kind looks of looks rushed. He, he's missing his uh like the, you know the the, the separation it's, of his yeah it's, of his it's, moves. It, <laughs> yeah, that they're and then it just dips. It, <laughs> his moves. The moves. It's that and then it just dips into his stomach like there is no. Line, like, it just it just it, cuts off his chest. It's like, oh no, chest done, stomach now. Yeah, well, it's almost like because this is clearly monkey art, and um, it just looks like he really wanted to play with the shadows. And I yeah, think but it, it just got didn't work. The better of him. Yeah, yeah. It, it went a bit extreme, and yeah, where, where the chest meets the stomach because it looks like it just sort of cuts off and sinks in. Yeah. And it, it's like it's yeah. like he's wearing a really extreme girdle that's, yeah. that yeah. Would, would kill anyone else, but Superman can handle it because yeah. he's Superman. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's what he's referring to. What have you done? <laughs> I will say, I actually, I, I agree with those completely. I do like the shading on the faces, though. Uh, like, yeah, just, yeah, that, that's it. It's it's yeah. the the heads and all the other characters in it are yeah, you know, they're fine, but Superman's body is just just, just ugly, yeah. and it it kind of really ruined that panel for me. Which would be a really, because it's kind of a good panel where you have them all stood there yeah. together, and it's like, okay, this is the team that we're going to be for the next issue, presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Superman much better than the last issue. Um, some of the the overall complaints of the, the rushing, the the tone reveal of these various characters being monsters and Cobb's reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that could have been better seeded, uh, but I am liking the idea of keeping Kathy around now that she's she's a sympathetic yeah. alien kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so it's going interesting places now just last issue was definitely a, a bump in the road as it were definitely so, yeah. Um, yeah, and... good. Cool. Uh, so that'll take us on to Nightwing number 22 uh, Tim Seeley writing and Miguel Mendoncha on art and I have to say I really like this issue this is obviously the start of the blockbuster arc which is setting up some more of the, sort of the general Bloodhaven stuff like, you know, again, we're establishing the city, characters in the city. Um, it also uh, re-establishes and kind of takes forward Nightwing and Sean's relationship. Like, the idea that he gets home after a night of uh, 
doing heroics and she was like oh i was going to surprise you and be all sexy but i fell asleep <laughs> i think that whole uh that whole scene there is probably my favorite thing i've read all week it's the realest thing i've read yeah you know yeah because yeah it's oh well we still could now let's just go to sleep yeah. like you know also, I like that when I thought they were still going to have sex, I like that Nightwing kept his, his mask on for it. Mask on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, I know you like the mask. And then she eventually takes it off. They, like, they address it in the in the thing. I also, I like that when I... Because he's talking about going for an interview for a job. And he's like, eh, kind of, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do as Nightwing. I'm kind of doing this full time. Uh, and when she sort of brings up about doing something for himself and having an anchor that's, you know, sort of a, a home life that mm. keeps him to one place... It, it flashes back to that conversation he had with Babs. Um, um, on, on the tower of the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, I, li- I like that Babs is still on his head, because he should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I am enjoying this Sean relationship quite a bit, actually. It's uh, yep. it's feeling more authentic as it goes. They, they have good chemistry. Um, and chemistry is a weird thing to talk about when it comes to comic book characters, because obviously, usually when you're talking about a movie or a TV show, it's like you have to, the actors yeah. have to have chemistry to make it kind of work. Yeah. Whereas here, it's all about just how they rate the characters, and, and to an extent, they are, and how that's you know, yeah. their reactions to each other. Yeah. But well, Celia did such a good job making us care about Sean during that that um, the Simon Hurt arc. You know mm-hmm. that that now that she is safe and we know she's not with child, that you know they are going to try to make things work. Uh, and they're not being forced to be together, so and it's a real relationship that we really don't see because Lois and Clark, right? They're a married couple, so we don't have to yeah, see them. That's already out. been and done. Yeah, and and Bruce is very complicated with with Selena, yeah. so yeah, well, Lois and Clark is the kind of thing. Or oh, maybe for a Valentine's issue, they'll make a point of saying, "Okay, they're yeah. going to have a date night, and we'll have a, have a bit of fun, like have them do something yeah. like that." But typically, but you don't, we need, don't a, need to see that yeah. that much. Because, right. like Lois said, that, that's been done. They're past that stage. Yeah. So, right. uh, so works. here with, with Dick and Sean, it, it feels real. He comes trying to sneak him through the window, and she has all the candles lit. And, you know, it's the small things like that in the art. And yeah. I'd love to read what the script looked like if, if yeah. Seeley just let the artist kind of go do what they wanted to. I, I think it's the strongest art of the issue as well. Like, I mean, I think yeah. it's good throughout, but I think this sequence, is, yep. well, I think the, the, the soft orange glow of the candles really helps, but it just looks mm-hmm. so good. I, I think the facial expressions are on, are particularly yeah. good. Uh, the Just just the, the various expressions on their faces as they're like, you know, because like, when Sean says, oh, it was going to be a naughty surprise, she's got a smirk on her face. It, it just it fits yeah, what yeah. she's saying. And then later on, when it gets sort of a little bit deeper, and she's like, "Oh, you did an anchor," and she takes off the mask, like, you, you see a bit more emotion come into it, and it, it just—it's all very well. Uh, it's the one that really gets me is it's the the second page of that sequence at the end where you know where she's saying, oh, after everything we've been through, you think this is about money," and she's got this—you you can only see the side of her face because mm-hmm. you're, you're looking down there, lying on the sides, but she's got this yeah. little frown, yeah, mm-hmm. and just yeah. that concerned look. And there's there's barely anything in it in terms of actual movement. That you can see, but it reads so well. Yeah, um, I I also really like that they're, again they're building the supporting cast for Nightwing with the uh, the, the runaways because he goes to the bar and he's he's talking to two the he's runoffs. Talk, he's talking oh, sorry the runoffs. He's talking to Gez <laughs> and what's the what's the rodeo one called? Uh, Stallion. Stallion. There you go. Uh, 
So he's, he's talking to them about, you know, looking for a job. And it seems like they're setting up that he's going to uh, get a job at this bar, which actually, I was actually confused for a second because I was like, wait, wasn't he already working at a bar? But that was in the original Nightwing series. So it actually yeah. makes sense that they're setting up that he's going to end up working at a bar because that was something he did in the original 90s series. But uh, I did is, co- yeah, confuse as, me for a second. As weird as this is with him and with Bloodhaven and uh, the runoffs, because I haven't read the original uh, Nightwing, so, this is almost like a reboot, where they're taking yeah. like, the original series it, it, and just doing new things with the same concepts. It's, it's very much like, <laughs> kind of like how post-crisis some characters were rebooted and they re-established everything they were. It feels like Rebirth, for, at least for Nightwing, is taking the fact that they rebooted oh. with New 52 and they're using it now to actually build what people think of as Nightwing, what Nightwing really was. Right. And sometimes yeah. different ways, sometimes using similar things and... Um, but it, it seems to be building a lot of the same kind of things. Obviously, the other plot that's going through is Blockbuster himself, although it turns out at the end that he's actually the brother of the usual Blockbuster. The, the second Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Tiger Shark thinks he's hired him to uh, take out Nightwing, but obviously the big twist at the end is that uh, Blockbuster wants to work with Nightwing. He's going to offer him a job for some mm-hmm. reason. But we, we get all this introduction. We see him come into town and we see that he's friendly with some people, he's into casino, he notices that someone's counting cards, he, he he steps in and that's what gets the attention of Tiger Shark, which makes me think yeah. he, he wanted Tiger Shark to notice him. Yeah. It feels, yeah. feels like he was planting a seed Tiger Shark has such a cool look, doesn't he? It does. When he walks in in the jacket, does. it's like, ah, oh, And yeah. I love how he's, he's a Dick Grayson villain. Like, first yeah. time I remember seeing him was in, in uh, Snyder's Detective. Yeah. The Black Mirror. So uh, it's good to see him pop up and feeding the sharks. Like that's so brutal. Oh yeah, see, see when he kills that guy who was cheating by like just putting him in a tank with two sharks. Oofed. It was good, yeah. especially the end. It's, it's when a uh, blockbuster is looking at, and you just see the, the cloud of red in the water. Yeah, really nice touch. Um, I, I, I'm going to be mean here, and I don't want uh, Marvel fans to get too upset. But Tiger oh, Sharks right. like sort of mask much better than uh, Iron Fist's mask. <laughs> well, he carries that's it fine. better. That's right. He also doesn't have the long. Uh, it's almost like his is like a like a a buff like that you just pull down hmm. over. It's not the bandana that ties. Yeah, up th- th- it's not tied, is it? No. So they're different, but you know, you can actually see out of Iron Fist because you know, as Tiger Shark doesn't need to see, he can just you know look through. You'd guess it's silk. He's fancy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, he's also he's got a really fancy jacket on as well. That jacket looks expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you know what? Okay, I'm putting out the biggest problem with this issue, and it's something that's been going on for you know, the run since we moved to Bloodhaven. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, uh, we uh, need to put a stop to I this. Just, I just want to make a prediction Uh-oh. here. This is going to be a really stupid complaint, Matt. Watch this. Carter, continue. Go. <laughs> the blood. Stop calling it the blood. Stop trying to make that happen. It sounds stupid. Stop. But I think that's the that's the point. I think. I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh man! Every yeah. time someone says the blood and says it seriously, I I, I can't take it seriously well, because it just it just sounds stupid. Well, it seems to me it's part of that them trying to redo the city and make it this neon, you know, vacation town. It's Atlantic City basically, and yeah, you know, and they're, they're trying with... things. 
it's not i mean i get that when when it's from the the people up top trying to do that but when it's the the regular people on the street saying it which i think it was in this one near the start somewhere i think i can't remember now but i remember reading it it was one of those and maybe it was one of the 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 gang members or something and i just i don't get it (laughs) It's, it's not working for me at all and it needs to stop i I'm not saying I like it. I don't particularly like it, I, but I it don't really care. Me. I don't care either. So, I'll, let's just let Connor suffer in solitary. That's fine. I'm fully calling it the blood for now on. <laughs> it just blood. who? Why would you call it that? I don't get it. No one would say that. It's <laughs> stupid. Just... Well, it's like on the OC. Nobody calls Orange County the OC, and so on Arrested Development, they would constantly call that out. Like nobody calls it that. So, right, so you know, I'm gonna call it out when they do it on this. Oh, yeah, no, you it, was, it was it was one of the. Are, the are you members. from Blue Haven, Connor? Is that what secretly this is? <laughs> you, you escaped. You not like them besmirching? That's exactly. Oh, it was it was, it was one it was one of the gang members at that at that fight near the start. And he goes, "Oh, the blood's got superheroes now." It's like, really, really, shut up. Uh, yeah, the gang, gang warfare. I'm sure that'll come up again. That'll be sort of maybe a running thing throughout the arc that, that maybe ties into stuff that's going on. But one of the gangs is from Metropolis, uh, and then the other gang's like a local gang there at war. Yeah. Um, also, for the record, uh, this blockbuster's name is Roland Desmond as opposed to Mark Desmond, who was the, the other one. Um, uh, I really like the the art on that credits page, you know, the, the title page where it's that gang war. Mm. You've got him doing the, the jump and, and everything, and oh, it looks great. It's also, I think, just as we're getting to this point, it's really starting to feel like Nightwing. This is his city, he's out doing things, you know, he's, he's monitoring the crime that's going on. It really feels like it's starting to, you know, as opposed to when he first arrived, he's like he was the new fish in town. Now it feels like he's part of this now, and this is this is his neck of the woods where he's he's looking out for things, so. Yeah. Uh, no, that was a great issue, Nightwing. Uh, was. Digging it. Alright, so that'll take us on to Green Arrow number 24, Benjamin Percy writing John E. Faraya on art. Uh, this is the conclusion to the Rise of Star City arc. And, uh, first of all, the art's fantastic. The, the, I mean, duh. That should go without saying. I just, like, Faraya's yeah. been killing it. I mean, my only complaint is there was no rain in this issue, so it's not as good as the art as the past few issues, just because there was no rain. But other than that, uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but my only crit- critique of the art, at the art, is is just that, as someone who reads on a tablet, could we have less yeah. du- double page spreads, please? <laughs> that would be lovely. Yeah. 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 But all, all but, that, but then they look so good. They've got such good layouts, like that first do. double his... page spread where it's all the star. Yeah, no, yeah. Good. His layouts are fantastic. Like the way he's able to do that, and then looking at the city of of Seattle and noticing all the different stars, hmm. like it, you know that plays a huge role in this one. Like you, you look through the art and you keep seeing stars everywhere. So I think that's. A real nice touch. I'll, yeah, I, I think this issue is actually really... When I, when I always skim through them again just before we record, just to refresh my memory, get, get things straight in my head. And one of the things that was clear when I, I skimmed through this again is it's actually a very straightforward, simple issue. There's two things going on, essentially. Well, technically three, if you include the mayor, uh, which obviously ends up with the mayor saying, oh, now that this city's crumbled, that it shall rise as Star City. So I, I wonder if we're actually going down the route of Seattle is going to be named Star City. <laughs> 
That's oh. not how that works. See, you I, have a, <laughs> see I got retconned. <laughs> yeah. Like, a city goes through a tragedy, you don't rename it a new city. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I'll, I'll buy anything Percy does because the dude loves werewolves. I, I think um, the point is to say it's not know? Seattle anymore. Mm. Like, yeah, after yeah. Everything that's been I, said, this isn't Seattle. I, is there a precedent for a city changing its name? Can we th- if I get like an example? That. I mean, not, not like that, this, no. but just, just in any way, is there is there an example of a city saying look, the government says, you know, I think we're going to want to change the name, and they, you know, they, they promote it and they convince people, and they do it. Is there an example in real life? Do we have a precedent for this? Las Vegas used to be Las Vegas because we didn't want to be uh, we didn't want to be confused with Las Vegas, New Mexico. But then we just threw that out, you know, five years in. So that was simple changing a letter. Yeah. But no, like, no, New York was New Amsterdam at one point, but that was all colonial. Like, it's not like this. Mm. It's been Seattle for 300 years, and now it's Star City. That's it. That's it. As much as it is kind of far-fetched, I don't think it's so far-fetched that I I wouldn't accept that somehow, somewhere, a city might change its name. I'm not saying necessarily these events would... I think what would be really, what will really bother me is, uh, they need a good reason to tell me why they pick Starcy. Like, uh, why are you going to settle on that? Like, that, that that's fair. Um, it's, it's not a, a normal name. I feel like for. in, I feel like in real life, they'd have a vote for it. You'd have to, you know, yeah. say vote. Well, no, because that's when you end up with Boaty McBoface. No, no, no. You wouldn't give them the choices. <laughs> you, you would come up with the option of what it would change to, and then they would vote for yes or no. Like, do we change it? <laughs> I just. I just feel like this is a nice change. Instead of just having him relocate to Star City and like, oh, it's just down the coast from Seattle. And this is where he actually grew up and he yeah. moved to Seattle. This at least is something different enough. Like, oh, we're going to play around with them putting him in Seattle from day one, which was always just weird, you know, from the New 52. Yeah. I, I always didn't like that either because I feel like you know Batman's got yeah. Gotham, Superman's got Metropolis, so on. Flash has Central, Wally Flash has Keys. Like they all have their cities, and I like that about DC. And he has Star Cal City, had Coast City, Coast yeah. City, of course. Exactly. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's just in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it also works hand in hand with what the bad guys are trying to do because they're mm-hmm. completely they're they're establishing a new order. And you know, yeah. I, I do want to say this issue kind of stabbed me on a negative. Mm-hmm. That very first page, it, it set me in a negative light for for Ollie. Like going forward, like you know, this is the hero, and he, he kind of comes off like a dick. But like, that's that's Oliver Queen. Yeah, like, yeah, that's... but like I get that that he's doing a nice thing, but he's literally like scaring these people into giving them into giving this homeless man money, and it's like. This isn't how you're oh, supposed to be leftovers. doing this. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. He asked the, the leftovers first, but then he's like, come on, you must have something else. And they throw money at the guy, like quite a lot of it. I, re- I read that as him being on edge, like he, he's because of the yeah. hate and emotions, because of everything that's going on. I read that as him being high strong. Looking for a fight. Yeah. Because yeah, well, immediately after this, he immediately goes to, uh, you know, uh, the Queen Industries in the middle of the city. He goes to the, the secret base, and that's like his uh, whole part of the issue. Is he goes down there, 
He meets Broderick in the mask. He ends up fighting them all. Broderick tries to convince him, like, oh, join us. We need a queen at the center of the star and blah, 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 blah. And then as he tries to escape in this weird stone thing, Ollie shoots the the, the flame <laughs> and he burns alive. And it's probably the best art of the issue is, is him in the mask like, burning in this, this thing. Bye-bye, Broderick. Yeah. Bye. Um, yeah, and ultimately, it convinces him against everything that Black Canary's been trying to argue with him recently, that, no, you have to yep. save the city as Green Arrow, like Oliver Queen's done. And he basically says, no, all of this was built in the name of Queen. I am going to fix that name. I have to do this as Oliver Queen. Uh, which is why the end is ultimately him. Put, put, I don't know why. He, I, he didn't really have to put his outfit in the garbage, but whatever. He puts his outfit in the garbage. Symbolic. Uh, yeah, and he walks into you know in front of everyone and is like, "I'm Oliver Queen. And I'm taking back my city, or my company rather." I, that, that was the You're show. You're going to jail first. That was the show infecting my head there. I was almost going to go into uh, you have failed this city, <laughs> but nah, so. I wonder where it's going from here now because is he going? Are we going to get the trial of Oliver Queen? Maybe. Like, are we? Gonna, are we? <laughs> also, just I just noticed this looking at the art again. Oliver Queen wears Vans, high tops. <laughs> like, what a dick. Uh, yeah, kind of like just just wear the low tops, man. You're not skateboarding. You don't. You don't need also, the high tops. His arms look huge in that. Oh, final dude, yote. Yeah. Like, he has never looked as ripped as in that. Like, but he he always kind of comes off as kind of wiry. I know he's got to be strong because you know well, like the amount that it takes to pull the bow and all that. And he's always come off as strong, but he's kind of wiry. But like you see him there, and he's just hench. Yeah, he's he looks like a power lifter. Like he yeah. looks like he should be in the Olympics. You know, in that, that bar. Uh, but me- yeah, I also I I liked the 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 team arrow stuff in this one too. That was, that's I, what I, I was just—that's what I was just about yeah. to say. Actually, is the other stuff was uh, the, t- the two red arrows, as it were, uh, teaming up and Arguing. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You're not red oh, Matt, 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 Mike, Um But the now the, the like you know, the, them bickering as they're fight as they're fighting the bad mm-hmm. guys, and then because they're fighting a uh, brick and Cheshire, and then uh, you know at the end's like, oh yeah, another one for red arrow. Emmy says, and he's like, you're not red arrow. Stop calling yourself that. Yeah. <laughs> And and I like too that Emmy is really coming into her own, and she's just talking trash to Brick the entire time, while Roy is dealing with Cheshire. He's kind of hitting on her too, kind of mm. like trying to pull her off her game, yeah, it's which it's, I like. It's kind of like uh, not as genuine, but more more of a kind of kind of like a Batman Catwoman kind of thing. Yeah. In, in the early days. Except she will literally kill him. Like you know, Selena's oh, yeah. never really gonna harm bruce beyond what she needs to yeah i'm pretty sure cheshire if she gets a piece of roy i do i do love how brick gets taken down though he just he's, he's yep. walking along and then it turns out black canoe was just in the tree right next to his head and just yep. full-on banshee streams into the same sure, sure that's great but that's nothing compared to her pun yeah go on tell us a pun yeah when, when he goes down and, and she shouts over to arsenal and it's like hey yeah he went down like a ton of bricks i love it has the most painfully bad puns. Even even Arsenal calls it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's yeah. calling out your puns. Yep. Yeah, maybe not the best sign. But they feel like a team. And like it's it it feels right. And I like it, that they've done that's not just the Green Arrow book, it's the Green 
It's almost the Green Arrow and it's Pals. Te- yeah, it's but... Team Arrow. It's the Team Arrow yep. book. And yeah. well, I think if we do get the trial of Oliver, if Oliver's like in prison slash court for mm-hmm. the next like arc, I can see like the team having to be the heroes outside and do stuff. Maybe yep. if if, if mm-hmm. there is a threat outside, like we can, yep. I can see these three doing that. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we got one scene with uh, Fife as well. Uh, he's working in uh, Queen Industries. Uh, just on one page, they basically just show that he's been taken care of, as is his grandmother, financially. So, Roderick's gone now, and mm-hmm. we can assume that Queen Industries is going to be a leader. Need a leader. You think <laughs> when, when Ollie gets out of jail, Fife has completely cleaned up Queen Industries? Because who else is there? Like, why else put him there? Like, mm. he's working on all this good technology that's gonna. Not only is he creating batteries, but they desalinate water so you can get potable water from it. Like, and Broderick's playing up the, oh, yeah, whatever you want, but first we need to work on defense contracts. Because that's where the real money is. You know? It's like, why else are we gonna put him there? I, I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll see. I, I, I don't know if. Uh... He's in the position to clean up the company, and like, like I can't, I can't imagine the the chain of command that ends up with him being the next in line to, <laughs> to head yeah. things up. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to do something like that. Maybe it's just like our way back into the company because we've got someone in there now. He will, uh, he will help Arrow and the rest of them again, uh, kind of thing. But no. Uh, no, that was a job into the arc, and it ends obviously in this big cliffhanger of Oliver being arrested because uh, he's still wanted for murder, and and I guess that all lead is spinning in nicely into whatever the next arc is. So it's called Broken Arrow. I know issue twenty six is. I think this might be a shorter arc because I saw Stephen Byrne mm. put on Facebook that he's on issue twenty six, and I think it was Green Arrow and Flash. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, it is worth mentioning that issue 25 is a longer issue, as, as are all the 25s coming yeah. later this month. Uh, so it may just be like one big sort of issue that deals with this this arrest. It could be that as well. Yeah. So. All right, that'll take us on to Green Lantern's number 24, Sam Humphrey's writing Carlo Barbary on art. Uh, so this is uh, the final part of this sort of the issue arc, which is a Lost in Space. This is the, the two Lanterns being trained by Guy and Kyle, respectively. And uh, I thought it was another sort of fun conclusion. It kind of continued some stuff in the last issue in terms of structure. Mm-hmm. We get another flashback to one of the first lanterns getting their ring. Uh, in this case, it was a white Martian who was like, yeah. who was wronged by other white Martians and needed revenge. Uh, it seemed like the most Western that we've gotten in a while. It, it did. It did. It was very Western. Uh, yeah. But white Martians on Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got that obviously at the end of the, the cliffhanger we're heading to the next arc where uh, they're going after was it the uh, the black vault or the shadow vault yeah the shadow yeah. vault because they're looking for the new or for the original seven yeah GL rings uh, and of course Volthum and Rami has uh, found out that Jessica's wearing one of the original rings so he's going to try and steal that along with the rest I yeah. like that this changes you know the idea that we've been talking about how her rings got all this personality yeah and now i'm going now was it jessica or was it that this ring is just special i feel like it was both are all the first seven like this yeah yeah Yeah. i don't know but i feel because of her her origin and how emotionally volatile she is that's why the ring came to her and why was it out to begin with because we always thought like Now that we know that they're having a hard time picking new rings, right? Why did a, or rings picking new recruits? 
Why was it able to come and find her? You know? Like, there's all this other stuff. And I like now that it was one of the original rings. And it, it gives the, her character that much more importance. And not that she needs it, but it makes her, like... Well, this is why she's the land. You know, I, I'm really happy how much attention she's getting here. Even, you know, in Justice League mm-hmm. this week as well, she gets some attention. And I feel like yep. they're really... They're really developing her as one of the main characters of the, the universe right now. And I like that. Yep. I like she's getting that, yeah. that much that much page time, as it were. Yep. Um, rest of the issue, of course, is the training uh, where... And it was just, this was just more fun stuff, really, with uh, bantering between the... Yeah, Atlantis. I feel like I didn't enjoy it as much as the previous issue, this stuff, because it was just a bit more of the same. It, 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 it didn't yeah. have as much of the point to it. Whereas before, it had all the, 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 the lessons. Whereas here, it was just like, right, let's just... You know, do the fun bit. To, to, to be fair, I mean, it ends quicker because obviously we get to the point where they, they sort of they graduate, as it were. Um, yeah. I do want to point out one one of my pages that really... It's, it's near the start, after uh, Jessica's punched Guy, and in her head, she's like getting really anxious. Oh my God, I've just ruined my chances of being a Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I've just punched Guy. And like he says something like, oh, good punch, but it takes more, one to, more than one to put me down. And then she responds, that's not what Batman told me. And then in her head it says, no, Jessica, no, you're making it no, worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the one punch thing is continuity. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah. I have a couple of art criticisms. One's on the next page. Her, um, after that, it's the the small box. So, guys standing there with the the big baseball bat. Mm-hmm. The panel on the left of her, mm-hmm. like she just kind of looks strange to me. She is looking yeah. a bit strange. You know, I actually I did mostly like the art in this issue. I do think it's, it has that thing where it feels really different from the rest of the the issues that we just had. Mm. Uh, everyone yeah. looks a little bit younger than, than they usually do, but I actually do like it. It's just it's different. I, I do like it outside of some actual problem like that one, and then the the big page at the end where they all put the lights up and the, the rings up and you know Green Lantern's light. Yeah, Jessica Jessica's leg um, is ju- very strange. It's a frustrating page because I actually love that page. I agree with the criticisms, but it's it, it's I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've had all six lanterns like that and on the one page doing the. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's a great yeah. page. Uh, all six lanterns and Kilowog. And Kilowog yeah, behind them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a fantastic page. But what is going on with her leg and it, her ankle specifically? It's, well, it's just it's what? one of those things. Certain artists can't draw feet. <laughs> well, no, but apparently it's like life health. I mean, you know what I mean? She, she doesn't have an ankle. Yeah, if you ignore the feet, though, it's a great page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover, <laughs> Actually, cover that guys, bit with my hand. Yeah. I'm looking, and there's not a lot of feet drawn throughout this entire issue. Uh, yeah. And if they are, they're always at an angle. So I just think it's it's a I think, weak point in yeah. in the artist's. You know, I think this is a case of the art. The artist is a, is really good. He's really good with faces and the expressions oh. and stuff. Uh, just occasionally, the anatomy can get a bit weird if they're in a, a not normal. Because that that panel you talked about with Jessica uh, near the start, uh, yeah. she's in like a sort of like lying down but looking around. So yeah. she's sort of twisted. Yeah, and it it's looks a, really contorted. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to like weirder poses like that, maybe the artist struggles here, uh, Carlo. Uh, I, I, yeah. I can see that being the case, and then obviously the feet seem to be but an issue. I'll I will trade. Perfect art for the emotion because when I turn that page, oh yeah, and it oh absolutely. all of that, I I fist pumped like it was. Yeah, yeah. what I've been missing a in a geo. I didn't go straight to it. Is as I was looking at the page, I kind of realized, and then once I'd realized, I couldn't stop yeah. seeing it. Um, no, it was great because they they all do that, and then you turn the page, and then like they're they're sitting around having drinks and just kind of like celebrating and. 
Jessica mm. runs up and uh, hugs Hal because she's happy to see him and all the rest of it. Um, and that's basically yeah, that, that's the that's the, the gist of the issue. Uh, yeah. Nothing more deep to discuss, but uh, I, I thought it was a fun conclusion. I, I enjoyed my time. Uh, had some fun stuff like that that big page at the end and. Uh, I enjoyed the flashback to the new first lantern again, or one of the first seven lanterns. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I think I think they've spent the time building up with this next, you know, we're really going to get to this Volthoom Rami plot that we're. Yeah, that feels to. that's the next thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Uh, so there you go. That's this Green Lanterns. Uh, that'll take us on to Justice League number twenty-two. Shia Fontana rating and Phil Brion's on art now. We we've not been typically reading Justice League. Uh, me and Matt, I think, struggled it out to uh, the start of the second arc, and then we're well, like, was, was it you? Yeah, yeah it was me. Okay. Yeah, yep. I I quit after that first one after all the giant things. That's fair. Just, That's fair. Know. Uh, but basically, we didn't like Brian Hitch as a writer, and it was getting really repetitive and just not very good. So we we stopped reading. Uh, we I think we d- dipped in for one like tie-in issue to uh, you know the event in December, but because that was yeah, but that writer. was by Sealy maybe. Yeah, I think that was Sealy again. Uh, yeah. That was the Steve Trevor issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Seeley like Steve Trevor, apparently. We'll more on that later. Um, but no, so the reason why we did this, because first of all, it's not Hitch. It's a it's a one-off um, sort of fill-in. Uh, so that that potentially was worth reading just because it's that. Uh, but it's also the writer, Shia Fontana, is the writer who's uh, doing the, is it the five or six issue arc on Wonder Woman after Rucker leaves? Yep. Uh, I, di- I didn't know we knew how long it was, just the temporary... Yeah, it was like Sorry. five or six, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but I remember them saying what, what it was. It was five no, or six. Um, so, no, so so we, we, we weren't familiar with her work, so we, we were uh, curious to check it out. So we actually ended up all reading this. So it was kind of a last-minute thing. Yep. where I, I found out about this last night and made a point of reading it for the show. So here, here we are. Uh, so yep. this was a pretty fun little one thing. Um like I say, Jessica got some good time in this. It was basically they're in the Watchtower. Uh, Lois and John are there. Lois is doing like a puff piece on the Watchtower uh, for the planet, and the Green Lanterns are basically out dealing with some asteroids that are going to hit hit Earth. Um, and they're talking about appearing professional in front of the rest of them. And, and then, which is why I love when they go back onto the, the Watchtower, and uh, Simon's like trying to high five everyone, and like they all react. Like you know, Diane is like, "Oh, I appreciate your you know." Your shows, your show of affection, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. then Batman's just like, uh, and it sounds like handshakes are. <laughs> a couple of great Batman moments. It's, mm. it's I think the the page before that, where John's really excited behind him, and Batman just kind of yeah. grunts, and he just John just gives him evils and then storms off basically. Yeah, that's great. Actually, one of my favorite Batman things in this issue is I like that later on when stuff goes down. Because uh, basically, if we find out the Green Lanterns brought in like a sort of little bug parasite thing that, and they have to be quarantined, and they can't go down into the yeah, because they were out smashing asteroids, you know, to keep keep the satellite safe and whatnot, and yeah. looks like they brought back something. So once that all gets going, though, I, I love that. Like, so Batman's like, I'm, or Lois is like, I'm going to start investigating the, the science of this, and Batman's like, you're going to investigate because <laughs> he's Batman. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I, I, I'm a good reporter. I'll have you know, I'm an investigative journalist. And uh, then by the end of the page, though, she actually figures it out. And it's actually a really fun page. Her facial expression kind of... Because it's, it's all these sort of very sort of thin horizontal panels of her face kind of changing as she's looking through things uh, with dialogue. And at the bottom, when she actually... She she finds out something. Uh, Bruce does turn around and say, prize-worthy Lois, because she made a, a, a... One of her points was that she was a prize-winning 
journalist. Journalist, yeah. yeah. So that was, it was a nice little because obviously you get the idea that uh, Batman and Lois probably know each other relatively well now that now that Superman Reborn kind of rejiggered the history. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we kind of get that that relationship back where he's kind of familiar with Lois to this extent where he can crack a little little smirk and joke at her. Yeah, but I like that. Cool. This this issue is full of just little moments. Another one is, uh, I think it's just before that page you're talking about where they're discussing whether or not they need to. It's where they quarantine it. Mm. But they they've got uh, Aquaman and Flash in on like the, the holographic hot comms to, to get their opinions, and John's just there putting his finger through Flash's <laughs> holographic head. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that I don't know how how the decision came about to have John be around in this issue, but it's it's kind of great. It is. Um, I also like that the, the John seems to be very friendly with Simon. Like he's like, "Hey, Baz," and he's, yeah, he's the first yeah. high five. Uh, so there's a lot of fun stuff like this. And like I say, it's a Jessica issue, probably more so than anyone else's, because she feels really anxious about the fact that oh wait, I, I screwed up again. I brought this parasite on board and all well, the rest of it. And and you see Baz too, who's he's like upset that they're considered the rookies still. Yeah. And he's just like, "Oh, we messed up." And you see him throw the chair in like his quarters. And then Wonder Woman comes in kind of like to – I didn't think she was coming to calm him down, but definitely she's going to talk with him because they need to – you know, him and Jessica need to be a unit still. Yeah, and she, she makes some training with her and they, they kind of they fight and like they kind of beat her and then she like, like, oh no, you give up your foot. And it was almost like the uh, the Batman Begins thing with uh, Razal Gul where he's like, oh, you've sacrificed your foot for a king stroke. And yep. yeah, then she, she sweeps the leg basically. Um uh, yeah, and then the monster swarm happens, and then they fight it, and they, yeah. they deal with it, and they, they realize it's, it's because the queen's attached to Jessica. It's her emotions that are controlling it, so she has to just let, get control of herself, and that's what ends up fixing it. And then her and Baz t- take it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but then the, the, again, it's the character stuff that makes this issue work. Because at the end of the issue, Wonder Woman's like, "No, no, no! I weren't. I wasn't training you and Simon. I was training with you and Simon." Right. Uh, you're part of the team, and I, I think the point of this issue more than anything was to make them feel a bit more established as part of the team. Mm-hmm. Which is because I, I think they say at the start, "Oh, every time we walk in the room, it takes them a minute to remember we're not Hal Jordan." Uh, yeah, was one of the lines. So, uh, also another fun little moment I liked uh, was Cyborg playing video games with John. He's like, "No, you're you playing video games. Here's a here's a fancy hologram video game." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Also, like when when they dispose of the. Uh, parasites, which they don't kill, like they treat with respect. Yeah, yeah, like, this yeah. Is an they alien didn't do anything thing. wrong. Yeah, like they're just reacting to what they are. Because that, and... that was uh, one of the points at the start, actually, when they're discussing it, and they're like, "Oh, let's kill them." I think it's Wonder Woman who says, "No, the life forms could be sentient, even just because they're small doesn't mean they're not intelligent." Exactly. Yeah. And so they go to take them to a farther away, like asteroid field, so they can keep living. But Simon's put them in a. For him? Um, yeah, it really uh, feels like he's uh, right. he's learned his lessons from, from Kyle. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's, yeah. he's a bit bit more inventive. Yeah, but, synergy. Before it would have been just a a jar, a big bucket. Yep. Yeah, but but no, now he's gone. Oh, I'll put an ant farm. Yeah, synergy and, and he's with like, the like, it's, it's nice. <laughs> and so Jessica's like, did you have to put him in an ant farm? He's like, no, oh, they love it. Look, I gave him a little barn. Like it's great. <laughs> like and it yeah. just it was full of personality. So I'm very I'm looking forward to what Fontana does. And I, as, as we were talking, I was looking up. It is five issues. Right. Um, can can uh, we get Jessica on this arc, please? I, I think it would be cool. Well, to be, uh, I mean, I like. There's not a ton of Wonder Woman, but the Wonder Woman that's here seems good. Yeah. So, so yeah. it seems like she's got a handle on that. And then I'll, I'll she has the, a presence to her. Like she mm-hmm. writes her as a 
like a stateswoman yeah. almost even amongst all these superheroes and I just, yeah. we mentioned the you know the ending when uh, Wonder Woman says no I was training with you steel sharp and steel kind of thing and I, I just yep. love the final panel as Jessica like oh I'll be, I'll be one minute and she just flies outside out of space and just so she can like yep. squeal and I love that uh, you can just see uh, Wonder Woman and Baz at the bottom just looking up at her going, <laughs> what a, going basically what a nerd admittedly I actually like the art throughout this shoot I do think her pose in that flying in space shot is a bit weird it's, it is strange yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it is pretty good yeah the rest of it is pretty good it's just that, that weird upside down sticking out the boob shot for some reason is just really obscure looking yeah and I have to say this has left me looking forward to that coming up arc on Wonder Woman because like I said I didn't really know what to expect yeah. I've never read any of her work before well, but I'm assuming they're, they're telling the truth that it's temporary but I'm wondering if this issue and then the five issue on Wonder Woman is like a little test, test for her because maybe they're thinking of her for something else full time for another ongoing yeah. well because she already writes the superhero girls series yeah. mm. so you know and this was super light and it was nice to have a Justice League book that wasn't about the world ending, it uh, was yeah, them interacting yeah. as a team, and we need more of that. So even if like this was her tryout, so after Wonder Woman, she goes to Justice League. I wouldn't mind stories that are more light like this, yeah. and it's about them problem solving. I, I I often say this, but like you have the events for the big end of the world stuff. I, mm-hmm. I I feel like my perfect ongoing Justice League book is basically Justice League as a sitcom set in the Watchtower, where it's just them. Yeah hanging out and dealing with stupid... Like, I want an issue of Justice League where Cyborg is arguing with Flash or maybe Aquaman because he's not, like, cleaning the toilet after himself or something. You know, something, some mundane issue about, you know, living together on the Watchtower. Well, I would love Cyborg just going, Flash, it would take you less than a millisecond to clean the bathroom. And he's like, it's the principle of the matter. So, yeah. Vic, it's the principle. I'm not doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It goes back to, I think it was in uh, John's Justice League, where they were like, come on, Barry, it'll take you 10 seconds. It'll take us three days. And he's like, yeah, it'll be 10 seconds for you, but for me, it still feels like days. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, so... Nah, this is a fun issue. I I, I really hope they get Hitch off Justice League soon and put someone like Shia on this book, because... Really, really, yeah, it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was just good character stuff. I mean, it wasn't the most amazing story ever, but it was, it was the fun. I mean, I think in a book where you have all your characters together, it, it, that's kind of what you want more than anything else. You you want them playing off each other. You want those interesting dynamics. It was it was yeah. nice to have an issue to of, of this book to pop in and go, oh, I can read an issue of Justice League, and it's yeah. fun. This is nice, and it is completely standalone. You don't have to be reading the series it, to enjoy this. Exactly, and I like yeah. that. And like we said, it ties nicely into what's been going on with the, the Lanterns and Green Lantern. So Yeah, it, and it, it's, it's definitely worth getting and, you know, showing DC the message that, no, we, yeah. we like this. If, if anything, I would, I'd almost argue they should, they should put this in the Green Lanterns trade that would correspond. Like, maybe after the arc we yeah. just read, mm. put, put this issue in there in that trade rather than in Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's, there you go. That's... that's... Justice League 22. And that takes on to an oddity. This is Wonder Woman Steve Trevor special issue one. Tim Seeley writing uh, Christian Deuce on art. This was something that popped up in the solicits without any... Because usually when there's something like this, they'll make an announcement. Oh, there's something coming in this month of that's new or whatever. This just popped into the solicits. Super under the radar. We noticed it. And we're like, ah, is this worth reading? It's like, oh, it's Tim Seeley. So I guess it's kind of worth reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know what it was. Basically... If you saw the Wonder Woman movie, this was the their way of introducing Steve Trevor's team of sort of misfit like commandos that he has. And what are they called? Oddfellows? The Oddfellows, yeah. which yeah. I love. 
Yeah, I love name. that that's their name. Especially they work for the 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 Argus in the Black Room, yeah. which was it the Red Room that had all the artifacts in it in John's Justice League. I think like we so. saw Viking Prince's boat, boat, and they always hinted at the Black Room. Um, and I like that there's more here. Yeah, that, that, this was basically them introducing these characters into present day DC continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I really like the stuff with Wonder Woman at the start, where she's she, she's talking about, "Oh, we're going to have a day tonight, aren't we? You're going to be affectionate, and uh, there's going to be flirting and maybe light touching." It's like it's because she's holding the lasso. She's been like brutally honest about yeah. what she's expecting from the date. <laughs> and, and he's basically uh, like. Yes, dear. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and even the title page introduced him as like Wonder Woman's boyfriend, Steve Trevor in, and then whatever the title was. Yep. Uh, so, so I just want to talk on the the guys that they're fighting at the beginning, mm. and they're they're quote meninists, um, and they're wearing X Y shirts about the chromosome. I just yeah. I love the little touches that this is who Wonder Woman and Steve are fighting before they go on the adventure. No, like, it's, it's it's when the when she's got the lasso around the bad guy, and he, yeah. he ends up answering why he doesn't like women. He's like, "Oh, it's because I'm insecure and I have self-loathing." Exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it... I, I think the funniest part about that for me was, and maybe this is a little bit of annoyance because it was a bit on the nose, mm-hmm. is that it was he wasn't even asked. It wasn't a question. He just no. offered that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But it was, it was still quite funny though. It was. Yeah, yeah. Well, was, I think in the I, creature I they end ask. up. Unleashing is very phallic looking too. Which like they even just... men- again, I think yeah. it was a bit on the nose that they mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so, just have some subtext. So basically, so the actual plot, because this was just kind of the, the prelude to the actual story. That, mm-hmm. uh, no, it is, it is poor because it, it opens with Steve and his narration talking about how he found Paradise and he brought a little bit of Paradise back, meaning Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, the, the main story is that his, his comrades, he, he sort of says, like, well, I need to take a rain check on a date, we'll do that when I get back. But he's good. And I actually kind of like, I like that. Uh, she says, okay, you tell me where you're going. And he says, only if you put that lasso on me. But she trusts him not to do it. She's, she's not going to force him to tell her. It's like, no, yeah. she, she accepts that oh, some secrets and you'll have a good reason. But he goes off and finds his, his, uh, his, his comrades who are in a bit of spot of bother uh, with these villains. Uh, what's, the, what's the villain's name? Uh, I'm forgetting now. Oh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a, it, it wasn't a super well-known... Uh, villain. No, but she had some, some like dark side fury... Saturna. There you uh, go. Saturna. She had some some dark side, uh, new god fury, like vibe to her that yeah. I liked. Yeah. So so she she's got them all trapped and there's this, there's this old woman that, that she's there and she's trying mm-hmm. to like, get the old woman to tell us something. Uh, but just the issue is that basically once the the team get her away, uh, the team to say where she came from and it's basically this hidden paradise. Uh, it's hidden in a cave where there's like a sort of fountain or river of youth where they keep drinking it and we find out that all these kids that are in there are actually hundreds of years old and that this old woman's actually been there for like 300 years and she grew mm-hmm. old really quickly once she left the cave because she, she wasn't there and she wasn't taking the, the drink yep. um, and the bad guys fall them back and there's a bit of a fight but the, the ultimate gist of the issue is other than introducing these these teammates for the, the comic universe is it's just a little bit of a personal issue for Steve where he's like he feels guilty sometimes that he took Diana away from her paradise yep. uh, yeah and that's kind of what the issue is because he feels a little bit guilty that, that this fight had to happen in this this new paradise uh, and that's why the team called him and not Argus is because he would understand and they'd leave it be they wouldn't they wouldn't interfere yeah. because if Argus find out about it they're going to want to come and manipulate it and use it for their own gain and 
yeah. all things. Uh, so is that. Yeah, he's he's the the guy that found paradise and brought a piece of it back with him, and I just I like, I like that. Yeah, but he, he feels guilty about it, and I think that's an interesting little quirk to his character that maybe I hadn't considered before. That he does feel kind of guilty that he, he took Diana away from that. That he's responsible. Yeah, I think he, I think he feels more guilty as well after what we've learned in in Rooker's one, yeah. where she can't go back. She never has been back. Maybe that would you know play into it that he he took her I, away I, from. I, I think it absolutely does because obviously they believed up until a point that she had been going back and then it turned yeah. out that she wasn't so I, I think yeah I think the guilt is almost fresh in that sense because it, she, she can't yeah. go home again so um, yeah. so, uh, so I thought it was, it was fun it wasn't amazing yeah but... it was a decent little issue oh. with a little like, uh, idea behind the story a little, little bit of uh, heart behind it um, I don't mm-hmm. think it was a must read per se but I don't think no, it's bad I thought it was interesting that was two mentions of uh, Red Skies Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the 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 leader, you know, the woman we're talking about, their, their group the is called the uh, yeah, their group's called Crimson Men, and yeah. uh, their whole thing is they believe the world will perish under red skies. Mm. And uh, when when she gets to the the paradise bit, she goes, oh, you know, when the red skies come. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, and at the end, you we see that she might still be alive under all the rubble at this paradise place, and it says "end question mark," which makes me think. I don't think there's going to be more one shots. I think, but I think this she will pop up again in something else. Maybe Wonder Woman proper. Maybe something else. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to continue my trend of super nitpicky things. I even tweeted this at Seely. And then, oh god! I was going to say, I did. Seen this. Way to go! Yeah, I tweeted it, and he apologised. He was like, "I, I, I researched it." And <laughs> are you hearing this, folks? He he made Tim Seeley apologise for one of his stupid he, nitpicks. He was re- he, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is true. So he talks. He, he says uh, at one point they say Scotch whiskey, but they spell whiskey with an e, and Scotch has no e. e e's only for bourbons and Irish. It's just it's just inaccurate. As a straight-edge individual, I'm so mad at you right now. Well, it's it's not you even You get just... Tim Seeley's attention over alcohol, but not to thank him for a fun issue of Steve Trevor. No, no. He, this is the thing, right? He complained that because Scottish whiskey and Irish whiskey are spelled a different way. I'm Scottish and I don't care. Not, nor yeah, do it's, I... it's because they're made from different ingredients, so they're spelt as... So it's a separate thing, so they're like distinguished as no... One is made from this, one is made from the other. Connor, so they're distinguished like that way. Does it upset you that... I, I, I know they have different spellings, but I can never tell you which one was which. Yeah, I can you're never a dick, so I don't care. <laughs> the most I ever learned about scotch was that Lex Luthor on Smallville preferred a single malt scotch, and that made him hoity-toity. Don't, don't, don't lure this conversation even that more by bringing in Smallville. A man, a man with taste is what that is. Yeah, it just sounds hoity-toity to me. <laughs> that that said, I'm the guy that drank the Icelandic brand of water only for a year and a half before I got tired of paying extra because it looked like Viking water. So who am I to judge? I knew that was going to be the reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did you get like a, bi- a big Viking gauntlet to drink it out of to make yourself feel feel that bit you more? Know, I did until my uh, wife took it away. I do occasionally see online these big Viking horn t- to drink out of yeah. pop up, and I, every so often I go, I should send Matt one of those. You should. <laughs> Just, I mean, I know they're for, for beer and stuff, but uh, I know you don't drink, but I was like, He'll drink anything out of that. He'll put monster in it. That's fine. Yeah, just know that I'll put coffee or, or monster in it, and yeah, yeah, I'll be my own berserker. <laughs> Jesus. 
All right, that'll take us on to Deathstroke number 20, Christopher Priest writing and Carlo Pugilain on art. Now, I have not caught up yet. I, I still intend to, but I still have like four left before the crossover to get to. But you guys read this, so by all means, what, what was Deathstroke 20 about and was it any good? Yeah, so hey, this is actually a, man. It's, a, it's an epilogue. Like, it's actually yeah. billed as an epilogue to the Lazarus contract. Mm. Oh, cool. Right. So yeah. it's it's almost part of that before the next arc starts. Yeah, because the next one next month, because the single shipping now, the next one is when we get that cover with all the, the white hero suits. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm happy that it's single shipping. So, because that just lightens up my load of, of and reading. Yeah. Week I'm one, a little sad because I'm enjoying four. it, but yeah. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, we're just you know trying to be a new man. See, see, see when I go to a book that you two have read, I really should specify who should talk first because that was like that—that's yeah. twice there in the last like minute where you've both well, like. Well, uh, that was the problem. But, the first time we both went to speak, and then we then we were like, right, we'll let the other one go. Yeah. And, uh, so you get the, the you can't understand anything either of you saying, and then you get the awkward pause of like, oh wait, no, I, oh. Connor, you go. <laughs> Right, so this issue is a, a lot about Slade's relationship with his sons, again, because that's kind of been well, a big theme of Priest's run. His family, because you also get a little bit of Dr. Icon, yeah. uh, and a little bit of Wintergreen, and Power Girl, who looks like she's going to be getting a new name, because Slade calls her out on that, and is like, you're borrowing powers, you're borrowing a name, you need to stand on your own. And also, the most important part of the issue, to, you know, we, we talk about how Slade's a reformed man, and that's kind of him trying to yep. convince everyone here. He brings her a new dog. Which, that's just... It's a little puppy. It still doesn't... What it doesn't did. make up for it, no. No. And, but, you know, still, it's, it's it just, a start. It, it tells me he really hasn't learned. Like, he's, he's putting steps forward, and that's the whole point of this upcoming story arc, but... He I hasn't learned it, what it actually means. He's well, yeah, going through the motions. The point he, fe I think he does genuinely feel, you know, regret, and he mm -hmm. wants to change. But I don't think he knows how. I don't think he knows what he's supposed to do. So this yeah. is just a gesture of, oh, this this'll be a, this is what I should do. But yeah. and and he means it. Like he's genuine in in what he's doing, but mm -hmm. he doesn't really understand it either. Yeah, that that's that could be it, but. Yeah, I, I do like where it's going. I just feel like it's kind of more interesting than what we got in the Lazarus contract. I, I wish now that it wasn't such a big crossover. They didn't make a big deal of it because we, we're, we're still missing pieces here. We see Rose, and it looks like Joey smashed her head in pretty good. Yeah. She, she has, you know, she came out of surgery. She's married to that one dude just to piss off Slade. And she he's there. They're coming home, and... She takes off her hair and turns out it's a wig. Um, yeah, and it's got these, these awful scars on her head now. Yeah. Um, so I still want to know what happened at that wedding. And I know they're leaving it out, but I feel like it would inform us a little bit more. I agree. I think, I like, like I said, when we talked about uh, Lazarus' contract at the end of it, like, I like what it's set up going forward. And I like this new status quo. I like what this is doing. Mm -hmm. But... I kind of wish we'd had that bit in the middle just be better. And, and yeah. 
like for just uh, like I think we mentioned how Priest just doesn't it hasn't played well with him stepping into everyone else's stories. Mm. I think that's it. Like when it's here, when it's in his story, yep. it's great. And I feel like if we just had the same effect, but in just his story, like the original plan, yeah. it would have been so much better. Definitely. And I just want to real quick touch on the art with, with Joey. Yeah. yeah. Is that he draws the sign language. Cause when you first see that Joey's in a attic meeting, it looks like he's talking to the nun that's hosting it. And yeah. you think, oh man, he jumped into it and now he's using her to speak. But but no, because it's not done in that font that usually is yeah, when yeah, he's the, jumped the, into the someone. Yeah, the green and black yeah. speech bubbles, yeah. She's speaking for him and you clearly see he's doing sign language. Yeah, yeah, she's and just I, translating. It's a nice touch, isn't it? It is a nice touch. And it it turned what we expect from Joey on, on the head. And I almost... Slay's a character that doesn't really need an arc is I feel like we're getting the arc out of Rose and Joey. And if that's what we get out of here, and like he, by him changing or not changing, we get change from the two remaining kids. Mm. I think it's it's done a really good job. I thought um, that scene uh, in the, the addicts meeting was really interesting because it was like he he was worried to use his powers even just to communicate yeah. like he's he's resorting to basics like no i'm not doing that i could exactly possess this woman and i i feel like maybe if if this was a meeting that, that it would have been okay like he would have had yep. permission to do that almost just to speak mm-hmm. easier right. but he he made the choice to limit himself and well, he's really struggling with that he's reaching out for help he's realizing he can't do it by himself yeah so and and that is good, and we get some of him with his dad on the plane, and kind of they're forming that team, and he doesn't want to be a part of it, but he's gonna do it just to make sure, basically to keep him honest, because this, you know, him not being honest is what's turned Doctor Icon into this creature that it looks like is gonna be the new antagonist. Seems to be, yeah. So and then uh, the final page, we get the the team pretty much together. We don't have Wally yet, yeah. but we, nope. we saw. And is that is that Adeline Kane? In the back behind Rose? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Okay. Which that's interesting because after uh, I... reading the Judas contract, hmm. you know, yeah. having her on the team with with uh, Joey and Rose and and all that. Yeah. Wintergreen. Uh, I like the, the name of the team, the Dark mm-hmm. Titans. Yeah. That's great. cool. I know that. That's... Yeah, yeah. That's, it, it kind of pops up. That's uh, the, the, the final box that says our oh, next is, you know, the Dark yep. Titans and. I, I kind of like the idea that Slade calls them that, uh, like this kind of twisted respect almost. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, he also, so, had a, he also had a Dark Titans team back yeah. when John's writing Teen Titans that featured so, Ravagers. Though. We have three Titan teams now, <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah? Um, Titans, Dark Titans, Teen Titans. And potentially, if we get like uh, Young Justice at some point with uh, Cassie and... Uh, Don't you do it! Don't you do it! What? What? Just you, Cassie, and the rest of that that team, that era. Yeah, who else is on that team? Um, he's doing it, Connor. He's doing I'm, it. I, 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 I'm aware of this. Hmm. Who was on that team? I'm I'm drawing a blank. There, I'm I'm picturing the, the cover. I remember, I remember I remember Cyborg being there. So obviously he won't be on the team now in this version. Um. I'm moving on before I say something I regret. There was definitely yeah. no, there was definitely no Superman related character on that team. I'd I'd recall that. I'd be very distinctly remember that. 
Okay, let's move on to the Fallen Rise of Captain Atom number six. This is the finale uh, of this arc. Did we do issue five? Did we? Was that one? That yeah, we did. we did. Okay, we did. I, I couldn't remember. I feel like we'd maybe like dropped one issue or skipped one on the show for a reason. I'm but... wishing I skipped this entire. This oh, entire miniseries. Oh, now. look at that! This, look at that! This this was yeah. very, 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 very wordy. Oh, but they as had. That's why I hated the about the first issue. That's why I, I dropped out. But just just before you uh, continue with your thoughts, just to uh, say the team, uh, Car- Carrie Bates and Greg Wiseman writing Animal Conrad on art. Go! I think... All right. It, I mean, this, this is probably the worst issue of the six. Easy. I, I think it, it really didn't know what to do at the end. I think the first four were pretty good. Five was a bit unsure so, of itself, and then this one just... The whole, the whole point going through this entire mini was it was... An unconventional story about an unconventional hero, right? He yeah. goes back in time. He has a son. He gets pulled back through time. He can't spend time with the son. And this sixth issue washes all that away by doing what every other superhero story I've ever read does. Yeah. And he has the dark version of himself that is trying to do bad things. And there's the fallout from from Eiling and that he hired him to do some wet works, some black ops stuff. To keep his hands clean, and then basically sent him away for his crimes. Uh, so, the one interesting thing was is when they shared, you know, they bumped into each other in the quantum verse in the last issue. They shared like thoughts. So yeah, like they, they some memories crossed over. Yeah, and so that's how Captain Adam figures out that about Eiling and how yeah. he hired him. But um, Supermax had done the same and found out that Captain Adam had a son and he kidnaps the son and he's going to do bad things. And Yeah. Uh, that, that quantum stuff was the most interesting part and they really didn't was. capitalize on it enough. No. It's, I, I would have preferred this all being in the quantumverse. Yeah, I think that's what's so frustrating about this issue is that there is some good ideas in there, but they just don't manifest very well at all. It just... If the whole point was to make me care about Captain Adam, this doesn't like I, I was much caring when he was the time displaced hero. Yeah. And and was getting pulled through time. If if this had stopped at like issue four, yeah. You'd you'd be on board. Yep, exactly. Cause I'm much more invested in the relationship with him and his son. And going forward here is we find out that his son has a little bit of the quantum power, because that's what saves him from yeah. Supermax uh letting letting out this burst of energy. Um, but he's still going to go forward. Like that's not his his son. He's going to keep him at a distance, and the yeah. the the sinister government types are going to keep an eye on him. And it's kind of unfulfilling. Like we had this tease of of hyper time at the end of the first issue yeah. in the zero hour, and it doesn't pay off on any of that. Like I don't know where this standing goes forward. No, There's and, no and- to Manhattan. You know? It feels like, okay, the, the things that it wanted to introduce were the kid, and we'll pick up that somewhere down the line, I'm sure. Yep. The new version of Captain Atom. And yep. I thought they were going to have him come and join the league or something, but they they kind of had, at the end, no, he's, he's going to stand on his own for now. Yeah. Um, what I did think was very interesting was on that final page, um, we see the league watching this, you know, like this yeah. press conference, essentially. Yeah. And Hawkman's there. Mm-hmm. So that sets up kind of some timeline placements as to where we are. But they're yeah. all in their, their latest rebirth outfits and stuff. Uh, 
But Hawkman's flighting around there, which is interesting. Yeah, and you have Soups and his and, and Flash with the lines on. So I also thought it was strange they were hiding which Green Lantern it was. Because we get there, there's a hand and we see a ring. Like, okay, yeah. so there's a Green Lantern there, but that's they showed everyone else, but the, the hand if, was just there. Now, if it was revealed this takes place on an alternate Earth, and this we're going to have multiverse connotations, that's cool because of the quantum. Yeah. Or like if they if they tease Palmer or something, because we still haven't got any payoff from that. I That's mean, true. not that we would know because we don't read Just Leave America, but I doubt it, judging how that book went. So, yeah, I was just, it was very disappointing. Like, this was one of the first things I read this week, and it set the tone, you know, because I was excited to see where it went, and it kind of just petered yeah. out. Well, yeah, that's it. It was it was good for four issues, and then it just it didn't know what it actually wanted to tell as its story. Yep. It kind of turned into this other thing, and it was like, oh, we just want to really, we just want to have Cat and Mountain set up in the the present day, and yeah, that that's fine. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing him around somewhere else. Hopefully, do something better with him. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of pointless at the end. Yeah, we even set up the Charleston. We had the Charleston investigation, like. Set up those characters. We know we're playing with Watchmen coming down the line. Yeah. You know, you, you couldn't have teased the question in there. Yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity. Like, like I say, they just, they had half a story. They knew what they were doing and it was interesting. And then they, it feels like they just ran out of what they wanted to say and just resorted to, let's just, let's just fight himself, basically. That's it. Uh, an evil version of himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's disappointing. Oh, so, so Pete... We we recommended you get back to Deathstroke after missing out. I wouldn't go back and read this. I'll... Yeah, you you you've caught all the important information that you'll need should Atom appear yeah. elsewhere. Now yeah. I'll wake back up. It was funny because at one point in there you said Peter petered out, and I, I sort of giggled yeah. to myself because I was kind of half like, sitting there half asleep. Um, yeah. Because you know I'm I'm petering out because yeah, funny joke. Um, was it funny? I think we should judge that. Anyway, that's a Fallen Rise of Captain Adam, uh, which takes us on to the exciting, the, the highlight of the show, the main event, the, the, I'm trying to just think of the perfect, the perfect phrase, the piece de la resistance of the show. The piece de la red hood. <laughs> Welcome to Corner's Corner. Funded by the good folks of Patreon, patreon.com slash TV to put in a plug. Yeah. Um, this, this is brought to you by them. This is funded by you good folks who are forcing Connor to read a book of their choosing. And the book that was selected was the issue of Red Hood that was next on the list after Connor gave the sh- series up. So coming to you with Red Hood and the Outlaws, issue 7, Scott Lobdell and Mirko Kolak. Or the creative team on it. Connor, take it away. Did you enjoy Red Hood number seven? Hold on, I got a question before. Oh. Um, Suspense. Are they a team? Are, are they a team yet? <laughs> technically, yes. Okay. Te- oh, technically. I mean, no, no, no. They are a team. There's not much teaming being done because this issue is is Bizarro focused and Red Hood's oh. around with that. But there's uh, Artemis is she's around and they are all on the same side, but she's not really in the issue much. Hmm. But it, it counts. Gotcha. I just want to put uh, that out there. It doesn't matter if okay. it counts anymore. Oh, actually, it does. it does matter because that, if if they weren't a team yet, then Connor 
well, then, this one would have to be reading. free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, no. I want to make clear they are a team, but they are not doing a team thing okay, in okay. this issue. But the more important question is, Connor, did you enjoy Red Hood and the Outlaws number seven? I did not enjoy most of it. That is more positive than it ever was before. So. No, no, it is. <laughs> and I think the the actual Bizarro stuff of this is pretty good. Like the like, it's reminiscent of the uh, that Bizarro mini that we had. Hmm. Well, I mean, I say mini. I think it was just DCU, but no, it, yeah, it, it was, was basically it was a mini. Issues. But it was a mini because it was six of six. Oh, it was it actually billed as a mini it. that one? I, I couldn't oh, remember that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, the Bizarro stuff is kind of like that, and uh, that that stuff was interesting. Like uh, the idea that when he was cloned, uh, he has some of superman's memories and he talks about how he remembers uh you know um being sent away from a a dying world he remembers uh, the kents essentially like loving him uh he remembers fields and he remembers the sky and he doesn't hate the world but he knows they're not his memories that's interesting i mean I i would have said superman doesn't remember being sent away from krypton yeah i mean sure I mean, I I also question that, but, but yeah, I was okay. like, whatever. I'm not gonna fight. Well, it because that much. part part of Superman's story is that you know his parents eventually tell him, "Oh, you came in this ship." He doesn't remember coming in yeah, the ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's physical memory, because you know he's based off of cloned cells. Ah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you could, but it's still a reach. It, it is, uh, but it, there is actually a nice moment where it's Jason has gone to the the Batcave while. Bruce was out. Alfred let him in. He was like, hey, come on. And Jason's gone and borrowed Bruce's kryptonite. And he's basically got it in, in the gun. He's ready to put down Bizarro. He's like, look, can't have this. And Bizarro then starts... They're out in this field by a lake, and Bizarro starts talking about this. And he, he starts saying, you know, he, he remembers uh, the first time he stepped into the sky. Uh, friends and secrets. Truth and justice. The American way. And and Jason stood there behind him with the gun, and he says, "But he's not stupid. Uh, they're not my memories, and uh, he's not." He goes, "Oh, I'm not perfect, but I'm gonna try." I was like, "That was a really nice moment." Weirdly, and Jason yeah. puts down the gun, but like it's. Do you know, I, I think Connor loved this issue, but he's no, he's, no, he's, he's dominated. Liked, he's do, he's just, I he, really like these few <sighs> pages with Bizarro at the end. These few pages were legitimately really good, and the art was great. I mean, I, mean, I, I did think I often said good things about the art in general. Anyway, it was never yeah. that you bad. Did. Uh, has this thing where he gets artists for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> they, they, he always That's... gets good artists. When when you said like. Bizarro has memories of leaving. It didn't shouldn't surprise me that Lobdell doesn't understand Superman after the New Fifty Two. Yeah, but he still continues just to not get it. I do quit giving him Superman stuff to do. DC, it's not that hard. To be fair, to be fair, Bizarro having that memory is like on the end of the list of complaints about what he's Superman. In a way, this is probably the closest he's ever gotten to getting Superman right, where he's kind of. Bizarro is inspired by Superman to try better. Yeah. That's Well, and I always like that that version of Bizarro that's kind of a nuisance that's not really Yeah, he's like, not, I don't like Frankenstein's not... Bizarro, you know? Mm. Uh, and I like the playful 
oops, I messed up, kind of... Yeah, I mean, I I really like that final few pages where you have that stuff with Bizarro. That stuff was was legitimately Mm -hmm. good. All the other stuff where you've got Jason taking over a Black Mass organization, uh, you've got him calling in Bizarro's reinforcements, basically being a you know the dog that he points and unleashes at the at them, and he's weirdly sentimental. He's like, "Hey, Bizarro, I told you not to kill him. You know, calm down." And it doesn't really feel like Jason. Jason doesn't really shouldn't really care that much. I don't think. And um, then Killer Croc shows up. And one of the guys is like, oh, yeah, I bought him off Black Mask. But it turns out it was just a robot, which was really disappointing. It's oh, like, good lord. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. All this stuff is like, ugh, Red Hood. It's just, this is what the book was, and this is Lobdell just doing shite. But, but... But that, you... that stuff with Bizarro was legitimately yeah. pretty good. So I can't, that, uh, no, I can't uh, deny that. that. That is usually the most positive you'd ever been on it. Oh, it is, and so, I mean, I, I've I've liked Lobdell's stuff in the past. I think his Gotham City Sirens stuff was pretty good. It wasn't as good as some of the other people on that book, but I, I think it was. You mean Paul Dini? Well, yeah, there was a, there one was of the legends writers. of storytelling. Well, yeah, yeah, but there was a few other writers as well. Oh, was there? Yeah, over oh. the run, I think there was. But, I stopped um, when Dini stopped. So yeah, yeah, no, I've read it all, and his stuff's not. It's not. It's obviously it's nowhere near as good, but it's not bad. And this is probably the. the the best thing I've read from him in years, easily, this four pages or whatever it is, yeah. where, it, it, like you say, it's the closest he's ever come to understanding Superman, other than that weird memory mm. bit, which was right. strange. But he, he doesn't get Jason at all. Like, Artemis is basically not in this issue. She's Googling away, trying to find her bow of bra still. <laughs> like, she's, she's literally just sat at her computer doing some research. I don't, I don't know what she's doing. She might as well be on Google. Oh. All right. Uh, is, 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 that, is that the gist of it then? Is that, that Red Hood done for the uh, Yeah, I'm just I'm just skimming to see if there's any key points I forgot. <laughs> no, I think that's it. I, I I I really don't like how is, is Jason just isn't Jason. It's he's very much this reform Jason trying to do better, and that doesn't seem like the Red Hood we've had for the past few years. And it just oh, I mean, you know, whatever we had before Lobdell start doing all this and that that stuff just doesn't work for me because it takes away that that whole you know he came back he had this grudge with bruce Mm. and that was like this big thing and it feels like that's gone and uh, it's kind of disappointing that was something that set him apart that made him more interesting i mean i I guess the argument there is is they're trying to develop him it's 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 growth and it's something it is but he's just developing into he's stopped being this anti-hero and he's becoming a, a hero again i'm not sure i'm interested in that because yeah he's using guns but he's trying not to kill people and that's kind of i always like him as dc's punisher without, yeah exactly. like, he doesn't, that, that he doesn't have the gravitas character. of frank yeah but like when when winnick initially brought him back and he was kind of all doing this just to spite bruce and he bruce couldn't do anything to stop him because he knew how to exploit bruce's yeah. emotions that's when he was at his best, and 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 that's it. I feel like this actually. I, I know I know it's supposed to be character progression, but I feel like it's in the wrong direction. Have him lean into that and go, no, that is who I am. I'm gonna be that Punisher type, mm-hmm. rather than I still need to live up to Bruce's ideals, which is kind of what this feels like it's doing. And that doesn't 
that doesn't jive with me at all to what we had from Jason and ah, who he is. Ah, that's fair. All right, well there you go. That's Connor's corner. Is <laughs> is back, back with a yeah. vengeance. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate you supporting the channel, obviously, and everything we do, but you're a dick. <laughs> all right i guess that takes us on to the best of stuff of the week uh pick, pick best best panels best arts best covers best books and all the shenanigans because we didn't really get to do it properly last week because we only had like four books and even then it was kind of weird because we only like two of them to a great extent so here we are best panel of the week oh actually no before we do that i need to get used to doing this uh the patrons picks for last week is of course if you just want to support us at the lowest tier which is the one dollar tier on patreon one of the purchases you get access to a weekly poll to pick the your best uh, panel not panel because panel's really tough to put into a, a poll but uh, best cover mm -hmm. best art uh, and best book of the week uh, and last week's results are really easy for episode 54 because wonder woman annual won everything it was best art it was best cover it was best book did you specify for the art as to you know, or did you break down that into the specific stories, or did you just general? That's general, just just Daniel. Um, maybe maybe that was laziness on my part. Uh, it was because we we broke it down into the stories. To be fair though, I made that pull up before we did the episode. I did it in advance, so it wasn't like it wasn't like we'd done that and then I went, oh, I should really do it to match what we said. It was just should have done it again, then really, shouldn't you? <sighs> God damn you. Uh, the poll for this week for episode 55 uh, will be up uh, over the weekend so uh, it'll, it'll begin you can keep voting on it until, until we're recording next Saturday uh, is basically the deadline I'll look at it just before we record and that's what the results will be so uh, but yeah uh, so that's on Patreon uh, so our picks for this week though for episode 55 so yeah best panel of the week um, Connor actually no Connor you've just been talking for five minutes Matt that's your <laughs> wonderful voice what's your panel of the week yeah <laughs> So, so mine's from Green Lanterns. It's that image that Connor couldn't stand, Jessica Blake. <laughs> <laughs> despite despite the leg, turning that page and seeing the all six yeah. plus Kilowog of the Earth Lanterns assembled with the oath going and their rings held high. Ugh. You know, I, I would have been tempted to pick this on another week. I really would have. Uh, because mm -hmm. my pick is going to be the first kind of full page in Batman where Batman's on the, the radio tower and Gotham Girl's flying and he's really small in the frame uh, in the panel, he's really small, it's just silhouette but the, 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 the sunlight beaming and just this, you know, the silhouette of him in the top of the tower and her and they're really yeah. small it's just a beautiful image, it's a beautiful kind of, they're, they're just sort of bathing in the sun and the sun's overpowering and it's just them mm -hmm. in the light, it is gorgeous all, all the daytime stuff was gorgeous in that book but that panel more than anything uh, stuck out to me. It's really, really nice. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with that. Connor, panel of the week. Uh, I'm going from Nightwing. It's when Dick climbs in back through the window and it starts that whole sequence. I think uh, I think it just looks great for a start. And I also really like that it's the idea that, no, no, this is the, the side of Dick that we're getting into the, the personal life, uh, who he is, not just the superhero stuff. And it, It's kind of like what we've been talking about a lot of the books this week, actually. But that, that one for me is, is summed up this series of Nightwing lately. That's fair. That's fair. And that'll, take on, that'll take us on to cover of the week. Now, a little, little. There was a little thing before we started recording today, where Matt was yep. convinced that he knew what my choice was going to be, and mm -hmm. I said, "I don't think you all know what my choice is going to be." So, I, I actually said I'd already made my pick, and I sent it to Connor so that I can't change it after Matt said his guess. But I'm going to ask Matt yep. for his guess as to what my pick is. Matt, what do you think my cover of the week is? 
So I think you're going with Green Lanterns because it's Jessica punching Guy Gardner in the face. Wrong. Some oh, sound crap. logic, though, to be fair. Logic's right. fine. Logic, logic is fine. Uh, my pick's actually Nightwing. Uh, I, yeah. it, do you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine image of him kicking uh, Blockbuster, uh, but it's actually just the, the strength of the art that makes me love it. I love how it looks. It's just Well, I like that there's a little puppy barking down between <laughs> yeah, the yeah. legs. Just randomly there. Like, that mm. cracked me up. But no, no Nightwing uh, wins best no. cover for me this week. Uh, Connor, your, your cover. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Deathstroke. Him in the, the mm. spotlight looking down, discarding all his weapons. Kind of sums up the, the change of the series, and I think it's a, a great image. Cool. Matt? So so mine is Green Lanterns, just based... Not that Guy Gardner, because I love Guy Gardner. I don't want to see him punch in the face. But it's Simon behind them doing the like oh you got got yeah yeah <laughs> like, oh shit moment <laughs> yeah and it's just i so i was gonna get because lupacino has become one of my favorite artists so anytime i can find one of her covers i usually pick it up and that was the variant cover but when i was in my shop and i had seen this cover it just made me laugh because of simon i was like oh well, that's gotta be my cover of the week i actually you know? i, I kind of like the variant for green lantern because the green lantern variant was a. Uh... It was them plus plus Guy yeah. and Kyle. Like I, I like the, the yeah. whole four of them. Uh, care, it's, I get almost like a, a smaller version of what I liked about that big splash page at the end when it was all six of them. Yeah, together. Yeah, I think yeah. like Matt says, Lupatino. The, the, yeah. It's just a gorgeous image. That that yeah. very. It is. I'll take us on to art of the week. Uh, interesting options here. Uh, Connor, art art of the week. Green Arrow. Uh, I was very tempted to say uh, Nightwing, just because I mm. think it's been excellent, but, but yeah, Green Arrow. Alright, Matt? Mine's Batman. The balance of the art between Clayman's daytime stuff and Finch's night stuff, and this is the best Finch's art's looked since Rebirth, I think. So, and it was just a, a nice balance between the two. Like, it makes sense when you have two artists, but you have them doing different things. It's not just like Gleason and Monkey this week where they're kind of just sharing pages to get it's, it done. It's nice when it works for a story reason. Yeah. It doesn't look like exactly. it's a clash. It's like there's a stylistic yep. choice. Yeah, yeah. There's, they each represent different things. It's kind of like uh, sometimes you'll, maybe it'll, it'll be a flashback kind of thing where all the flashbacks will be different arts. Whereas in this case, it was the, the difference between night and day, hope and darkness and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, this is a tough one because uh, I, I think Green Arrow's a good choice. I think Nightwing's a good choice. I think Batman's a good choice. Uh, I ultimately am going to land on Batman. Uh, for me, obviously, I picked the panel from that. I think it all, the same reasons that Matt just kind of said everything about it. It was very well structured in that sense. Um, so yeah, Batman gets my art of the week. Uh, so that takes us on to top five books of the week. Matt, what is your top five? So you guys, you guys ready for this? Embrace myself. One is Batman. I can't deny how much I really enjoyed that issue. Oh. Yeah. Let, let, let me right. just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that little bit out and have that as my ringtone, just, just for there a you while. Go. There you go. En- enjoy that. I can't... <laughs> putting anything else over it would feel false, so I can't, you know. Um, number two is going to be Green Arrow, because I really loved what they did here with, with Ollie, you know, his rippling muscles, be damned, in that last panel. Uh, number three, uh, I'll go Nightwing. Number four, Superman. And number five, Green Lanterns. Cool. Connor? 
Uh, so first, I'm gonna go Nightwing, and then Batman at number two. Three, I'm gonna go Justice League just out of sheer fun factor. Mm-hmm. Four, Superman. Five, Green Arrow. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna go Batman at number one. Uh, Nightwing at number two. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Justice League at number three as well, actually, uh, and I'll say Green Lantern's at number four. And then uh, Green Arrow at number five. Yeah, that's where I go. Uh, Superman was better than the last issue. I, I think it just uh, uh, and Green Arrow was at number five and not higher because I, I liked it a lot. I think it was a good conclusion. Uh, I do think it was maybe one of the weaker issues of the arc, though. Like I think there was other standout issues that really yeah, st- stood out. Right. And was like, yeah, these were the highlights of the, the arc. But uh, mm-hmm. but there you go. Uh, so Connor stopped that from being a unanimous pick. Surprisingly, but Matt picked Batman and someone else didn't. The insane things that happen at times. I know. Uh, But there you go. That's that's uh, all this week's picks, which leads me to tell you what is coming next week, uh, week two of June, and obviously the big thing next week is Dark Days: The Forge issue one, which is the first of two preludes to the Dark uh, Knight's Metal event. Uh, from Scott Snyder, so that's coming next mm-hmm. week. Uh, that's a big issue. Um, also, next week we have Action Comics nine eight one. Assuming it's not been delayed, as it sometimes is. All Star Batman number eleven. Uh, oh, yeah. It has been delayed. It has been delayed. Oh, look at look at that. It's almost yeah, routine it's at this point. Pro- it's probably Albuquerque's fault. Yeah, it's almost routine at this point. Uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number eleven. Detective Comics nine five eight. The Flash number twenty four. Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps number twenty two. New Superman number twelve. Supergirl number ten. Superwoman number eleven. Titans number twelve. Wonder Woman number twenty four. Second last issue for Rocket Matt. I know. <sighs> Saddens me. Uh, Plus, also coming out next week that we will not be uh, covering is Justice League of America number 8, Suicide Squad number 19, and not next week, although eventually, once we get there, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 11. There's a couple of cool trades coming out, you know, the the big thick ones next Mm, week. uh, We've got the uh, Batwoman by Rucker and J.H. Williams. That's cool. I'll be picking that up. That's got a couple of issues that weren't in the old deluxe, because I used to have the old deluxe hardcover, and there was a couple of issues missing. Uh, that were kind of extras at the end. Uh, so that, 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 I think that has everything. Uh, isn't the uh, Wonder Woman by Perez number two out uh, this week as well? Uh, was that last week? I knew it was out. Might have, that that week. might have been last week. Okay, fair enough. There was, um, yeah, the, the Hawkman by Jeff Johns mm-hmm. first book as well, though. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, what's coming next week. So there you go. That's number 55 of Comics from the Multiverse. Uh, we got through it in one piece. Um, yep. Start start to June, summer things are coming, and you know metals and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, I guess it's time to plug things. Um, so uh, anything you guys want to plug specifically that we did uh, in the last week, Connor especially because you did a lot of TV stuff this week. What, what did what did we do this week? <laughs> Uh, Twin Peaks. We did. Uh, we, we did. We did do Twin Peaks. Um, Tale. Um, yeah, we didn't. We didn't Fargo. do anything DC related this week for a change. Well, no, because all the shows finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, that's done. Uh, no, I'll go with Fargo. I think it's had its best episode of the season. Seems really picking up. Well worth that's watching. Cool. cool, cool. Oh, obviously, this is all the stuff we're talking about. It's on the Mailed Fuzz TV YouTube channel. If you're listening to the audio version of this, Matt, anything you'd like to plug? Oh, just start check out our Wonder Woman review. Mm-hmm. Um, from 
from last week. Yeah, it was the three uh, of spoiler, us. Spoiler, we all enjoyed it. Yeah, it was the three of us plus uh, Tim uh, from the horror Yeah, Timmy. So, no, that was, that was a good discussion. Um, no, um, yeah, I, I'd recommend uh, checking whatever out, but... Um, I, I will. I always comes to me to plug the actual sort of main stuff, and the main stuff being, of course, we mentioned it a couple of times for various reasons. Uh, but Patreon, obviously, patreon.com slash Melfuzz TV, uh, if you want to support the podcast and the, obviously the, the YouTube channel as a whole. And um, there's some comics bonus stuff in there. Uh, me and Connor did Aliens Dead Orbit issue two as a sort of standalone video this week. There's more stuff of that coming issue ones. Uh, uh, Star Wars Darth Vader just started. I know Connor's planning on writing something for that uh, since I don't think Matt's reading it. Otherwise, it would be a, a, a duo video. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because Matt's given up the Star Wars. He's decided that... Oh, you know, I, I have to be more selective when... I'm, I'm behind on Screaming Citadel, because... Yeah. No, Matt, you've come to your senses and you've realised that there's too much Star Wars and you're cutting some of it out of your life. Well, now I might, but I just might read it on my own leisure, so we can't review it just to upset Pete. That's upset me. I don't care if you review Star uh, Wars. Okay. Star Wars, Star Wars is eh, whatever. That's not important. There's more important things to worry about in life. Okay, but you need to learn how Darth Vader got his lightsaber. And do you know what? Spoiler, small spoiler for my review. That is the tagline they've been selling it on, and I hated yeah. that. But it is actually better than what it sounds. It's it's not as cash grabby as it sounds once it's in the story. Because I hated that as well. That sounds like people who are watching Lost were like, "Oh, I want to know how Jack got his tattoos." No, no, no. no. No, no, that, no, that's what I thought. It's not. Pete, it's it's not the story of how he got his lightsaber. Like it's like they've been saying. Mm-hmm. It's the story of how it. he earned his lightsaber. It's completely different. Uh-huh. Because he lost it when his best friend pulled the Dippin' Duck on him, which is still one of my favorite moments in in any of Star Wars. I have the high ground. All right, all right. This is enough and... Star Wars talk to. <laughs> well, you brought it on. For, for oh, I was just promoting something that was coming up for for the, the patrons. Uh, but yeah, okay. So that that's the thing. Five Dollar Tier has all the extra bonus content, such as extra video reviews of certain things and uh, written content. If only one of us reads something, um, that kind of thing. Uh, one dollar, of course, gets you access to the weekly poll if you want to vote in that and uh, sort of get your your voice heard that way. Um, but no, that's the comic stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff for the other stuff to be doing the, the channel as well. If you're interested in any of that, such as the movie stuff and the TV stuff. Uh, but no, so check that out. You can also help us, of course, just by uh, liking, subscribing, uh, commenting on stuff, whether it's on YouTube uh, or tweet as that kind of thing. Uh, share the podcast, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we appreciate all of it. Uh, as we, of course, we do appreciate you just uh, spending the time with us, enjoying the show. It means a lot. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. As always, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel and podcast updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen, but of course, if you're on the audio, Matt's at Matt of Steel 57 Connor's at Connor Ryan 94 I'm at Wibble89, if you want to hear me ranting about everyday things on there. But that is us, guys. So thank you once again for watching and or listening, and always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. I remember Connor Kent.